This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Happy Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. The Monty Show is live every morning. We're right here talking sports, the truth in Salt Lake Sports Talk. What a show we have for you today. I've got a simple question. Should the Utah Jazz trade for Kevin Durant? And why wouldn't why wouldn't the Utah Jazz lob the phone call? You have all those trade assets. Why wouldn't the Utah Jazz trade for Kevin Durant? We'll talk about that. Obviously, a seismic shift in college television TV uh, came out last night with ESPN out on the Big Ten. Did that save the Pac-12? Jake wants a thumb in the butt. Okay, that's not true. That's not true. What's not true? Your sources on that are garbage. Okay, well, we all know I don't have sources. Just ask right. Twitter. Right, just ask Twitter. And stuff. Right. Uh, do you get an annual physical? It's all coming up on the Monty Show. Hi, Jake. Hello. Wait until we tell you in non-sports stories today, I had, like, one of the worst customer service interactions I've ever had. Do you think you went full Karen mode on it? Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I asked to talk to a manager, yo. <laughs> uh, the non-sports stories today are ones you don't want to miss. And I don't think I was wrong in this particular no, situation. No, you were not. And At I thoroughly all. enjoyed it. <laughs> At all. I don't feel like I was wrong. Not even a little bit. What's up, Kurt Myers? Uh, first went in this morning, Neville 93. Weston Cottom says, first like, baby, let's get it. Weston, appreciate you. Kanai Johnson says, good morning, fellas. What is Utah's best option to get better and bigger, a better and bigger conference? It's a good question. That is a very good question. And perhaps we get right to work after we tell you that we're sending a listener and a friend to see BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, and all you have to do is go to Barbecue Pit Stop, any of their five locations throughout the great state of Utah. In the south, you've got St. George, Lehigh, Layton, Murray, Logan. It's all good. There's an enter to win box on every counter at every single Barbecue Pit Stop. September 17th, we're going to do a watch party at the Lehigh location of Barbecue Pit Stop, and we're going to pull a winner at halftime of Oregon and BYU. Will it be you? It could be. If you get to Barbecue Pit Stop in Utah, enter as many times as you want. Go to every single one. Do it. Telling you, Logan's worth the drive. They have a full-time butcher at the uh, Barbecue Pit Stop in Logan. Lehigh has the most amazing selection of rubs, spices, sauces, Every one of them is spectacular. Find one of their five locations. And of course, it's all presented by my good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Long conversation with Devery yesterday about refis and mortgage rates. And he was saying, everybody thinks this is a bad time to buy a house and it's not. Um, he was talking to somebody that's got, he would just done a deal for somebody that's got a 475 
mortgage uh, percentage rate. Like, can you imagine that? You're trying to find a house and you're like, I can't afford it. Yes, you can. That's why you call Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage because you talk to Devery Davis. You're not a number. You're not calling some huge call center. You're calling Devery Davis at 801-543-9666. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. NMLS number 278545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. And with that, let's get to work on the Monty Show. Breaking news out of college football expansion. ESPN is out on the Big Ten TV deal, according to John Arand at Sports Business Journal. Um, This is a big deal. And Jake, I think this is a bigger deal because doesn't it throw a lifeline to the Pac-12? Yeah, you know, I, I think the the image and the perception of the Pac-12 recently has been pretty bleak, and I think for good reason. But I think this particular situation does provide a lifeline. I, I think if you're the Pac-12, one of the only things that you have going for you is the fact that you're a West Coast conference, meaning that you have the Pac-12 After Dark brand working working for you. So now that that ESPN is out of the 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 Big Ten and obviously they're on the SEC, um, there's opportunity for ESPN there. And ESPN is sitting here saying, okay, we're looking around the college football landscape and we see an opportunity because we can go and, and get that that Pac twelve late game slot and we can get coverage across the country. And I think this is a really interesting dynamic because a lot of people will tell you, hey, the Pac-12 after dark thing doesn't really work. Nobody in, let's say, New York City, as an example, is going to stay up till, you know, one in the morning to watch, you know, uh, uh, a Pac-12 matchup, you know, uh, on the West Coast that starts at, you know, what, 10 o'clock their time or something, let's say. A lot of people don't think that happens, but I'm here to tell you, and we've told you before on the show, and you can find it online, uh, all the all the numbers are out there, that Pac-12 After Dark brings views. It brings uh, around a million, and I think that that's what's really fascinating. Like, you start to think about, hey, no, no branding de- or no streaming deal, no nothing for the Pac-12, and they're still getting this kind of viewership. So clearly people enjoy the, the product on the field. It's just a matter of distributing that product, and I think... Furthermore, what's interesting is that the Pac-12 doesn't have this laundry list of options for, you know, survival, if you will, right? We Bob Thompson, again, told us that, hey, in his opinion, he thinks the Pac-12 has a route, you know, without UCLA and without SC to survive. My opinion has been, I don't think they do, but this, the arrival of this scenario and situation may be that one saving grace for them that, that allows them to, to get through this time. Yeah, and I think the real interesting question here, it, and I think John Arand and the guys at Sports Business Journal are some of the most trusted people in the media business. They're saying that there is a potential that CBS is on the outside looking in at college football right now. Because what if, and I think most people believe CBS ultimately wins it, Yeah. what if NBC wins the rights to the Big Ten? Imagine that CBS, who is losing the SEC to ESPN and ABC. What if CBS doesn't win this battle? Um. What if CBS doesn't have college football? And when I say college football, I don't mean Syracuse and Jermama State. I mean like big-time college football, Michigan, Ohio State, like 
Alabama, LSU. Yeah, games with national championship implications, not on CBS. Like, that would be unbelievable. You're looking already at a situation where ESPN is, for the first time in 40 years, not going to have Big Ten football. This is an incredible time in the landscape and the history of college sports. And I think that the changes that we're seeing are going to be seismic because, again, according to Sports Business Journal, you're looking at, at CBS and NBC competing for the rights for the Big Ten. And by the way, um, I think it's really important to note that Fox owns, Fox Television owns 60% of the Big Ten network. Fox gets the number one Big Ten game and the Big Ten network. These are second-tier rights yeah. that CBS and NBC are, are competing for. I think this is a huge change in the way we watch football. I think as a football fan, you need to get ready for the fact that I, I think you're going to see Amazon Prime. I think you're going to see the Paramounts, the NBC Peacock app. You're going to see ESPN Plus is going to, they're going to begin airing games of consequence that you care about on a, on a streaming platform, on yeah. an app, on your phone. I think the game is changing and we're watching history being made, Jake. Yeah, and, and you know, not to get all nostalgic about it, but one of my favorite things in recent times is turning on CBS and is turning on that big boy college football game. You know, and, and for those of you who have listened to the show for a long time now, um, you know that that we've had conversations about, hey, well, what's your what's the most enjoyable sport to watch, right? And and how how does where you watch that factor into it being the most enjoyable? So I don't love the random, you know, Wake Forest college football matchup at eleven in the morning. That's not my cup of tea. I'm not here for it. But what I can tell you is I am here for you know big time SEC. Alabama, LSU, you know, matchup. I am yeah. here for that game. I am here for major Big Ten, Ohio State, Penn State matchups. And I think that what's really interesting is for me, I've always known the SEC on CBS. That's what I've known it. I've come to expect it. I've come to enjoy it. In your lifetime, you have not seen ESPN yeah. not have a Big Ten game. Agreed. Yeah, in that's true. In your entire life. That's true. That's 100% true. Th I mean, that's the kind of change that we're talking about here. Yeah. And, and again, I just think as sports fans, it's what you said the other day. As sports fans, we need to get used to watching sports on a phone in an app. Mm -hmm. Because that's where we're going. And, and I think that when you look at the changes coming... It's already an end of an era when you're not going to have Vern Lundquist calling the big, you know, SEC moment. Yes. That's going to be on ESPN and ABC now. That starts in 2024. And I think, not to jump in, but I think CBS has better play-by-play -play on college football than oh, I, ESPN. I, I don't know, man. And I'm biased. Obviously, I used to work at ESPN, but I'm telling you, nobody does football better than ESPN. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And with I, like Vern again, is awfully good, dude. But again, but Vern's also a thousand years old and is that essentially he's essentially retired. Do you think that CBS trends a little older? Because I do. Oh, I don't I think, think there's any doubt. Yeah. I, I think with all due respect to Jim Nance and the things that yeah. Jim does, I think Jim Nance needed Tony Romo. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, the look and feel of college football is changing right before our eyes because the SEC on ESPN is going to look completely different than it looked on CBS. It's going to feel different, sound different, look different. Like, I mean, you're looking at a seismic change. And then again, I go back to this question of, 
Can ESPN save the Pac-12? And I think you're exactly right. When we talk about Pac-12 after dark drawing a million viewers to the screen, that's exactly what ESPN now I think is banking on because they don't need the entire Pac-12 contract. They don't. In fact, I would go as far as to say the ESPN doesn't want the entire Pac-12 contract. I think ESPN wants two games a week from the Pac-12, and they're both in that late window. And if I had to guess, ESPN would love to stack Alabama-Auburn with Oregon and whoever the second team are just imagine in that. the conference. Just imagine that right there on ESPN, in the app, on TV, wherever you want to get it. You get that big time SEC matchup. Then you get then you get a premier Pac-12 matchup. And I think it's a great point. ESPN doesn't want the the average, you know, Pac-12 matchup. They don't want Arizona, Oregon State. Who gives a damn about that? Yeah, they want Oregon. And SC, they want you know Utah and Washington or like th- these premier these premier matchups. And I think the, the what's really interesting is that if you're Utah in this whole situation, you need this, you want this because if you can get because right now you just came out and you're you're number eighth in the country, right? Number eighth. You're eighth in the country. Sorry. Do you, why do you gotta do that? English. Why, do why, you, see why you gotta English, do that? I was, I was, I was English, on a flow right there, bro. MFR? I was on a flow. Okay, go ahead. I know it's a heavy flow day. Go ahead. What? <laughs> it's a heavy flow day. What am I even supposed to do with that? Nothing. Thanks, Jesse Harsh, yes. for the dollar ninety nine super sticker. Brandon James tips us four ninety nine and says, "Love waking up and jumping into sports. I can't wait for college football. Thanks for a great show. Give them hell, Brigham." Give them hell and tell them hell's coming with me. Anyway, the point is, right. uh, Brandon, we right. agree. We love waking up and talking sports. But if you're just tuning into the show this morning, obviously the big story is ESPN is out, according to Sports Business Journal, uh, on the uh, Big Ten TV rights. The first time since 1982, the Big Ten won't be on ESPN or ABC. And it, it, it's this fascinating change. I mean, I look at, at BYU and, and their deal with ESPN. I mean, for the last decade, it's what you've known, yes. right? You've known that, hey, if I want to watch BYU football, it's somewhere on an, on an ABC or an ESPN property. I mean, is that changing? Where's the Big 12 going to go here? Because the Big 12 is in a really critical situation where you have new management coming in. You have four new schools coming in. You need a, you need a $75 million a year TV deal. Because I think one of the things you're seeing now is that, and I guess this is a conversation about about the Pac-12, and I, I know we talk about this on a regular basis. My question is, how much is the, the, the Pac-12 worth? Because it feels like we're playing somewhere between 25 and $35 million a year. Yeah. And... You're talking about Notre Dame on its own looking for $75 million a year. <clears throat> you as an entire conference are getting twenty-five to $35 million per school on average per year. Notre Dame's looking at $75 million on its own you know. per year. Where does this leave the Pac-12? And that's why when we, we talk about this deal that ESPN is out, on the Big Ten TV rights, and we talk about, you know, did the Big Ten just save the Pac-12? I, again, will tell you, I don't think they're saving the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is dead. Mm -hmm. Because when I look at what's attractive 
and I look at big games and I look at who the players are, you have to remember that Fox and the Big 12 have a deal and that deal is probably going to live on and that deal probably gets remade for a bigger and better deal, right? I, I look at Fox, Fox is in the ultimate position where they have the Big 10 network, it gives them leverage, they're involved in the Big 10 TV rights and now Fox is in a position where they can go to the Big 12, they can go to Notre Dame. I mean, they Fox can literally do anything it wants to do as long as its appetite to spend money is is large enough. Notre Dame doesn't need anyone. Notre Dame, I think, doesn't have to do a deal with the Big 12 to get their 75 million. I think Notre Dame is in the absolute catbird seat. I think Notre Dame can leave NBC and be none the worse for wear because NBC has lost that football feel that it used to have, you know, with, with the NFL and they've lost that football feel. When I think NFL TV, I don't think Sunday night football on, on NBC. I, I tr truly, I don't. I still think Fox, CBS, and ESPN when I think the NFL. When I think Notre Dame football, I think Notre Dame football. I don't think NBC TV. So in my opinion, it's going to be a, a really interesting battle to see who's going to win the rights to broadcast Notre Dame games. Because they're, they're, in my opinion, I also don't think they're joining a conference. And by the looks of it, if, if Notre Dame were going to join a conference, wouldn't they have joined the Big Ten already? And wouldn't the Big Ten be leveraging that relationship on their TV deal? Yeah. They absolutely would. But yet, you're not in a situation where they're doing that. So when you look at the Big Ten saving the Pac-12, I got news for you. I don't think there's such a thing as saving the Pac-12. Will Pac-12 after dark bring the Pac-12 a $50 million a year on average per school deal? No, it won't. I don't think anything brings them a $50 million per year deal unless somehow they're able to keep UCLA in the conference to deliver Southern California and add San Diego State so that you have essentially from Santa Barbara all the way down to the Mexican border. Yeah. That's the only way you're saving this conference Fast. from a from a TV revenue perspective. I think that's the only way. Without UCLA, the Pac-12 is dead on arrival, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, and I and I I, I think it's absolutely true. And I and I start to think about what ESPN has done over the last you know probably 18 months. I mean, think about what ESPN has taken on. They took on the NHL, right? Now the NHL is on ESPN. Um, you know, now you're talking about um, bringing over, not talking about, you did bring over uh, Joe Buck and company to, to do football. You are now talking about, you know, televising SEC games. Like ESPN is just taking over. I mean, ESPN is, is basically changing what you can find uh, on their properties. And I think it's brilliant. I, I, I really do. And I think that I love, there, there are a few things that I love more than, than a nice, and again, stick with me, a nice fall day. It's nice and cool. It's hoodie weather. You got the smoker on. And what do you turn on? You turn on CBS for the big SEC game. That's what I have known and loved. And I think that's going to be very different now. Now, I'm not saying somehow that that the SEC being on ESPN is is some horrible thing because it's not. I agree. ESPN does football great. There's no doubt about that. But I just think when you make changes on this level, your consumer is going to have to get used to that. And I think what's really fascinating is that, yeah, we are heading towards apps and we are heading toward everything being on a phone and, and everything being mobile. 
And I'm curious how long it takes, like how long do we have left where everything's on TV as opposed to everything being on Prime or, or you know, having all TVs be smart TVs so you can stream everything. Like that's what I think will be an inconvenience to the consumer when you got to switch apps constantly to get your games. Well, and the other thing that I keep saying is where is Brett Yormark? Somebody explain to me where Brett Yormark is on TV because I know he's doing this campus tour. I believe he was at TCU yesterday. And hey, that's great. You need to make a TV deal and you need to make expansion happen. And the more and more that your mark is quiet and the more and more that you have a conference in the Big 12 that's not doing anything, I think there is real jeopardy that teams that are either joining or already in the conference wind up in another conference by 2024. Mm -hmm. And if I am the, the Big 12, I am doing everything I can do to cement our position in college football. And right now that's not happening. And that's why I say, like, this Notre Dame deal, is Notre Dame worth $75 million a year on their own? Yeah, I think they are. You yeah. think they are? Oh, yeah. I, because I think they're a premier brand, and I think they bring you a ton of flexibility. You Man. can you can schedule them. You can work with them. They don't they don't have to play within the rules of a conference. Like they, there's a lot sure. of options there, and I think that is what that's the value of Notre Dame. They can play the early game. They can play the late game. They can play against your mom on the West Coast. They can play in New York. Like they, I mean, they they can do anything anywhere, and that's the the essence of it. And that's why I think. You know, as long as Notre Dame is good, as long as they keep that level of play high and they're in the college football playoff conversation for at least most of the year until the end, yeah, I mean, they're 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 worth it because they're relevant. People want to watch them. So, yeah, I, I think they are. I don't know, man. I, I, I look at Notre Dame and independence is a hell of a tough road. And I know I get it. You're Notre Dame. I grew up a Notre Dame fan. I am a Notre Dame fan. Um, you know, if you look right over my left shoulder, um, right there, you see my Notre Dame <laughs> fandom on the wall. Like I'm a huge Irish fan. I don't believe they can garner $75 million a year on their own. I don't. And I think scheduling as an independent is going to be very difficult. Michigan doesn't want to play Notre Dame because they've got to play Ohio state. Yeah. You look at the big traditional matchups, USC is USC going to be able to continue to schedule Notre Dame year in and year out when they're in the Big Ten? I don't know if that's possible. Is Stanford going to be able to schedule Notre Dame? Will Notre Dame want to schedule an irrelevant Stanford team if they wind up in the Pac-3? Like, it, the question... <laughs> but I, and I'm being serious. Yeah, like, you look at what's going on in college football. Is independence still a viable road for Notre Dame? I don't know. I don't know why NBC would pay Notre Dame on its own $75 million a year. In fact, I don't believe that they will. And I think that's why it's still incredibly interesting to me. And, and maybe this is what, what your boy Brett Yormark's doing. Maybe he's working hard to put together a deal that, you know, marries, marries Notre Dame in the Big 12 without the Big 12 joining uh, with Notre Dame, like officially adding Notre Dame as yes. a Big 12 member. But yet you you combine on a TV deal to have you know, Notre Dame and then immediately followed by the big, you know, big 12, big game of the week or something like, I don't know. Something's got to give for Notre Dame. And this is why I say again, 
Tom Homo's a genius. The guy's a witch because the deal that he did all those years ago and the renewal he signed at ESPN was absolutely gravitational now. We know that. Well, and I think it protects them. That's the biggest thing. I mean, if if, if you're – because, uh, you know, we're big believers. I'm a big believer. And you, you, have, to, you have to plan for the worst-case scenario. That's how you have to operate um, – you know, in most things in life. And so if you're Tom Homo at BYU, you're thinking, okay, you know, I can see conference realignment on the horizon when, you know, when he was doing this deal with ESPN, it's very clear now that the way all this has come together, that it was no secret that conference realignment was going to happen. And it was only a matter of time. Now, who the hell knew at that time that it would be five years or 10 years or seven years? Who knew? Who knew? But the point is, is you wanted protection. And so you have that protection in the way of revenue uh, from ESPN. And I do think it's brilliant. But what I will say is if you're Notre Dame and, and really if you're anybody right now, flexibility is the name of the game. Not being, you know, Utah stuck in the Pac-12 in a dying conference. That You don't want to be in that position, no. you know? And, and, I, and that's why I say, like, the biggest thing about Notre Dame, is, and this is what you said, they don't need to do anything. They are fine. And that's why I say that's where you want to be. You don't want to need the Big 12. You don't want to need bro, the bro. SEC. What's going on with Siri on your wrist here? I what I mean, she's like all, Siri's she's going wild upset. on your she's, wrist. She's having a rave. I, I don't know, man. It, you know, like it just is, you know. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, the Monty Show every morning live and local 630 Mountain Time right here on YouTube talking the very best in uh, the state of Utah and Salt Lake City sports this morning. Certainly, um, I think this deal where uh, Sports Business Journal is reporting uh, that the uh, Big Ten TV rights will not, will not go to ESPN. No, no, no. ESPN is out on Big Ten TV rights for the first time in what amounts to 40 years. Like it is, it is a really remarkable change. Uh, in college football. Let's get some of your thoughts in here uh, because I wonder as, as college football fans, like when, when you think about watching college football, where do you come down on that? Good morning to Giggity. Good to see you, my friend. Edgar Garcia, what's up? Edgar says, uh, do you guys think Durant completely cements his legacy if the Jazz trade for him and he comes here and wins the chip? We're going to talk Kevin Durant coming up here in about 20 minutes. And I'm going to ask you point blank, why the Utah Jazz, why are they not involved in that? Uh, Gilbert Canellis says Fresno State, go dogs. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. My dogs are like, what are you doing, dude? You're losing your mind. <laughs> Kurt Myers, good morning. Jewy says with the ACC in the sights of the Big Ten and the SEC, I believe the Pac-12 and the Big 12 must look at a merger to be relevant or be eaten up by the Big Two. See, I actually think the ACC is never going away. I think the ACC is going to lose, you know, its marquee members. I mean, if, if you look at Clemson, Florida State, um, you know, Miami, absolutely I could see those three going to the SEC. Why wouldn't you, right? But look at West Virginia. You can't tell me West Virginia is not regretting their decision to, to join the Big 12. I just don't buy that. They're doing, and I talked about it yesterday, their, their, their game with Pitt is 70,000 people strong sold out. Yeah. Like they are, West Virginia is a regional brand. West Virginia is not a big national brand. And I know why the Big 12 did it. I know they wanted that East Coast footprint. But if you look at the odd fits, tell me Rutgers isn't an odd fit in the Big 10. Y'all feel me? Especially now with USC and UCLA joining the Big 10. How does Rutgers play USC? Are you really making USC play a 715? Or like, are 
Like if you fly, if you're you're playing at nine in the morning Pacific time, if you're USC and you fly to New Jersey to play Rutgers, let's say that's a noon kickoff, Eastern. That's a nine a.m. kickoff in in Los Angeles. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. You're having your kids play a nine a.m. kickoff if you're USC. Like it. Tell me Rutgers isn't an awkward fit. Yeah, it tell is. me West Virginia is not an awkward fit. Yeah, it, it absolutely it is. is. And, no and that's why I say it is. We are far from done in college football expansion. We are we are far from done. I think there is a lot, a lot of work to do. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says the ACC and the Pac-12 both need CBS. I think the I think the ACC is fine. The ACC's got got Fox. I believe isn't the ACC Fox and ESPN. Like, I just think the ACC doesn't have to care about football as much because they're such a dominant basketball yes, conference, dude. Yes. I mean, you're you're you who like again with all due respect to college basketball. I don't really care about Rando State versus Rando State. I want Duke UNC. I want Duke against whoever. Like, how the, long did ESPN run with Coach K's last game and Zion's broken shoe? But Come in on, the man. modern era of of college sports, teams like, sadly, teams like Georgia Tech, one of the great historical brands, the days of Bobby Clements are over. Like, those days are done, dude. Like, you're you're not getting you're you're not getting Vandy. You're not getting you look at the teams in the ACC. That is a very shallow conference that I think would do well to be a basketball conference. And I'm not saying to do what the West Coast Conference does, or, but I think the ACC understands who they are and where they are. And I think the ACC very well understands that they're going to lose some membership. I mean, if I look at a team like a Virginia, if I look at a team like a, a, a how different is Virginia and Duke? I mean, they're they're similar in scale, I would guess, but those are two completely different trajectories. Yeah. When you look at universities, like you look at Virginia, Virginia plays a little bit of basketball and a whole lot of football, right? Look at Virginia Tech, a whole lot of football and a little bit of basketball. Duke has a football team and nobody cares. They're more interested in, in freaking lacrosse than they are in football at Duke, mm-hmm. right? So there's nothing wrong with understanding who you are and where you are. And I think the ACC is is more than happy to shrink a little bit, as long as they do not lose their marquee their marquee programs. I think they're okay to shrink a little bit because really, what is North Carolina? What is North Carolina? Well, it's Mitch Trubisky. Well, well, no, it's Tar Heel basketball. I want it. North Carolina it's Michael football, Jordan, bro. Yeah, North Carolina football is is not a a power program or even on most years a competitive program. Are people myring. I mean, they've had moments, but when you look at, at basketball in the southeast, I mean, Florida's a football state. Yeah. Now, Florida the Gators obviously have some recent history of winning national championships in basketball, but on the whole Gainesville's a football town. Yeah. Tallahassee's a football town. Miami, I don't know what Miami is. Miami's not a basketball town or a football town. Mm-hmm. Either professionally, I mean, professional football in Miami's been bad for a long time. I I, I don't know what Miami is. Cocaine I, and, and hookers, my friend. And Miami's one of the interesting programs. It could be cocaine and hookers, absolutely. <laughs> but the Miami Hurricanes are one of the interesting programs. They have such a rich tradition of football success. But that's like the 80s, man. Yeah. That's Jimmy Johnson. Ask yourself the last time Miami Hurricane football was relevant. 
I don't know. I, I honestly, I not for I, my I don't generation. Know. It hasn't been relevant. No, and, and, and that's and, what I'm saying. Like when you have this conversation, like think about who this affects. You know, think about who the prime demo is right now. And I don't say that selfishly. I, I but I think it really matters. Like people my age, we weren't around to watch Miami dominate. No. We weren't like like. You know, again, with all due respect, like a lot of this stuff that 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 the older demo knows, millennials don't know. And furthermore, the problem is, is that the generation after us, Gen Z, uh, is all about phones and tech, and they're not really sports fans because they didn't grow up sitting in front of a TV. That's the problem. I don't know, man. I, I look at the institutions of the ACC and whether it's Boston College, Boston College, another, I think, very regional brand. Yeah. Very regional brand. What happens at Boston College? That's not a national brand. You know, no, it's not. It's not very regional. So yeah. I look at, I look at the way that the ACC is structured, and I say to myself, "What happens at Louisville? What happens at Louisville? That's a basketball school, Donnie." And I understand. Again, I understand that guys like Lamar Jackson, you know, the one-offs are fine. But on the whole, are you telling me that Louisville football is valuable? Um, I'm going to have a tough time making that argument. I'm going to have a tough time making that argument. And I, and I just think that when you look at, um, you know, the the Georgia Techs of the world, you're irrelevant. Um, I, I look at Florida State. That's a football school. Yeah. I, I look at, I mean, you go up and down the list, Pitt and Syracuse. Pitt and Syracuse. The only value in Syracuse, with all due respect to Jim Beheim and everything he's accomplished, the only value in Syracuse is the New York TV market. Thanks. That's what it brings you. Yeah. Right? But I even look at Pitt. Pitt's a football program. West Virginia and Pitt get 70,000 people to watch their football game. That's a football program. The ACC needs Pitt. Yeah. The ACC needs West Virginia. West Virginia needs to end up back in the ACC. The ACC has value on its own. It's not going to look the way it looks now because nobody cares that, oh, wow, Clemson, they won the ACC? My God. Already crown Clemson. They already did, right? Like, what does Clemson become as an SEC school? Not what they are as an ACC school, I can tell you that. It'll be interesting. We'll see. Uh, Eric also says USC isn't going to be part of the pack anything. Premier matchup. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Oregon versus Utah is going to be the only pack blank premier matchup. Well, I don't know. I, I think that Arizona State, Arizona has value. Um, I certainly think that Oregon, Washington has value. I think Cal Stanford has value. Mm. I mean, I think that that Washington, Washington State, the Apple Cup has value. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, I think... And this, uh, this again goes back to this conversation about Utah's brand. Yeah. And the question I think you have to ask about Utah's brand is how valuable is their brand? How much weight is carried by Utah Utes football? I don't know. The answer to that question is I don't know. I think Utah has a tremendous amount of value to the Big 12. What's its value to the Big 10? What's its value to the SEC? I don't think there is any. I, honestly, with all due respect to Utah and Kyle Winningham, we all know in the great state of Utah. Utah. We all know in Utah that it's got, the Utes have tremendous value. We know that. Does the SEC care about that? No, I guess not. 
I, I think it is one of the, the great tragedies of college athletics that Utah football is not something that can carry an entire athletic program. And I think that there's a tremendous value issue for Utah. And again, I'm not saying that Utah is a bad institution. It's a fine institution to get an education at. It is a fine place to be a gymnast. It is a fine place to be a baseball player or a football player or an athlete. We all get that. The quality of life in the state of Utah is phenomenal. Nobody in the SEC cares. Nobody in the Big Ten cares. I'm telling you again, if you are a Utah football fan, you need the Big 12. You need the Big 12. The Pac-10 is dead. I'm telling you right now, mm -hmm. if you are a Utah fan, I, and again, I don't know where Brett Yormark is. I'm interested to see where the, where the guy ends. I, I don't know what they're doing. I honestly don't know see, what they're doing. I'm going through some because shit right now. I just, anyway. I just think that, that, that this whole conversation, you know, it, while it's deep and it's dynamic, I think the core thing is just how it impacts the, the, the consumer. Because I, I mean, I have to disagree. I don't think that, you know, anymore that Arizona and ASU are valuable commodities. I don't think anybody cares about Ooh, those two schools. I, I bro. think I, I think Arizona I, basketball brings tremendous value. What have they value. done? What have they done? But it, it's not what they've done. It's what the perception of what they can do. Well, and what they've been able to do is recruit. Well, I and even I don't know how they did it. And sweaty Sean. Oh, we know and, how they did it. We absolutely know, know how they did it. But There's Ar no doubt about Arizona that. is a. It, it, this is again. This is Duke. Nobody cares about Arizona football. Arizona basketball is what's valuable. But what's the difference between Duke and Arizona and basketball? Well, Duke wins, Arizona doesn't. And Arizona, you know, gets DeAndre Ayton. They get, you know, top-tier talent, and they still lose. That's the problem. And I think that yeah. for the Pac-12, you know, like, I agree. Washington, Washington State, to me, is more relevant than Arizona, Arizona State. To me, Oregon, Utah is the top of the class right now, you know, with USC leaving, obviously. And I, and I think that that's what people care about. And I think that, you know, again, ultimately, you know, who are you talking to? Who's going to be the one that supports these TV deals? It's going to be people my age. my The millennial generation right now is caring. So I think that you just have to get in front of them. And, and I think ultimately the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 or whatever you end up being doesn't have a choice. They're, they're going to take whatever deal ESPN gives them. But yep. I just struggle with the relevance of, of the Arizona schools right now. The Big Ten will give the Pac-10 some competition in after dark time slot. I don't see how. Yeah, how does that work, bro? I mean, I, 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 if, if that's what USC and UCLA bring to the table, I mean, it, 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 I think the Pac-12 can provide that million viewers every single week. Because they're going to have that exclusive window. Now, are you going to get Ohio State, USC at the Coliseum? Yeah, you are. You are. And that's going to be a, a 10, 15 p.m. kickoff. Um, that could be a 9, 15 Eastern kickoff. Absolutely, it could be. Could even see that in primetime on the East Coast at 8, 8 o'clock. Problem is, that's not Pac-12 after dark. Mm -mm. Right? So, to me, you're catering. If you're USC, you have to cater to the East Coast time zone. If you're, if you're the Pac-12... You got to cater to the East Coast time zone and make sure that that's a 7:15 kickoff for your Pac-12 after dark window because nobody else is playing in that window. Nobody. Yeah. And sure, are you going to have some bleed over with with USC and Ohio State or USC and whoever? Yeah, you are. But the Pac-12 is going to dominate that window. But think about it. I mean, even if you do have the 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 bleed over if you will, you're you're the person who is watching USC 
you know, Ohio State at the Rose Bowl, let's say, isn't going to be, isn't going to say himself, well, we're going from Big Ten football to Pac-10 football. Well, I better turn the TV off. No, that's not going to happen. What they're going to say is, yeah, yeah, this is a great game right here. USC played Ohio State. Now let's go and check out Oregon. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, that's what the consumer does. So that's why I think it works. Yep. Uh, let's see. Gerald Hammond says ESPN's <clears throat> ratings are garbage with the exception of the NCAA and NFL football package. Yeah, I just don't think you know what you're talking about, who, dude. And who cares? Like, like It's irrelevant. Whatever GetUp does is irrelevant. Whatever yeah. SportsCenter does is irrelevant. That it, that's I don't filler, even. That's filler content, yeah. honestly. Brandon James says, I think USC and UCLA will get early windows at least at first. There's no way they're going to kick off versus Rutgers at 10, 15 Eastern. It won't get watched. They've got to be smarter than that. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Kurt Meyer says, go big pack. Okay. Eric and Raleigh says, the Big Ten will have USC home games kick at 8 p.m. Eastern and UCLA home games kick at 10 p.m. Eastern. I mean, that, that absolutely could be. I mean, that absolutely could be. I don't think you can do that every single week. You could do that when they play at home. You can do that. I mean, I would agree that a a, a 1 o'clock kickoff in Los Angeles does the Big Ten very little good. Does the Big Ten very little good. I, I don't disagree with that. I think you – and that's one of the problems that I think if you're USC and UCLA, do you want to become a nighttime program? Because that's what you're – I mean, how does – I think ideally you would. I don't think you would. I really don't. I mean, you're getting paid to play football. You're not getting paid to play football at night. And if you are USC and UCLA, was part of your deal that you're willing to do mostly late kickoffs, that you're willing to do East Coast primetime kickoffs. How does that serve your alumni base? How does that serve your student body? How does that serve your corporate sponsors? I don't know. I would think what's best for for those programs is – making sure that their corporate sponsors are are seen by the most people in Southern California. Westcom Credit Union, for instance, who's a huge sponsor of USC football, do you think they want to be seen at, at 8 o'clock every Friday or every Saturday night? I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's the best way because who do they lose? They lose their prime demo of adults that went to USC that are now directors and work in Hollywood and are doctors and... yeah. I think there's a very fine line for USC and UCLA. UCLA is irrelevant in Los Angeles. I'm telling you, I've lived there. I have a ton of family and friends that live there. UCLA doesn't move the meter in LA. They don't. That's why when when we talk about, oh, Pac-12 can save itself if it keeps UCLA. Can it really, Mm. though? Can it really, though? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Daniel Westover says, Monty dropping tombstone references for the kids on... YouTube, damn right, Daniel. And hell's coming with me. That's exactly right. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, I'll be your Huckleberry. It's actually Hucklebearer. Um, it's a reference to carrying a, a coffin. You know. KJ Kanai Johnson, I remember in the 90s when everyone had a Notre Dame sweat jacket or a Michigan jacket. I can tell you I grew up wearing a blue and gold Notre Dame sweatshirt. Yeah. I wore it everywhere I went. Everywhere I went. Uh, Cox Overlanding and Trail Adventures. Trailing Adventures. Why would Notre Dame want to play anyone in the new Big 12 except probably BYU, maybe Baylor? Well, A, for money. See, you Um, have to... Notre Dame-Oklahoma State's not a good game? 
Bro, it doesn't it, it literally doesn't matter what a good game is, nine days out of ten. It, what matters is how much you're getting paid. That's the thing you have to remember. It, it, I mean, if, if Oklahoma State, if playing Oklahoma State on a Wednesday pays you $120 million a year, you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, like that's my point. Like, okay, great. They're looking for $75 million a year. I'm sure they'll humor the big talk. I don't see, and this is something I don't quite understand. Notre Dame in Houston, Notre Dame in Oklahoma State. Notre Dame and, okay, Kansas is not great. Notre Dame and Utah? You tell me Notre Dame and Utah is not a good game. Notre Dame and BYU is not a good game. Notre Dame and TCU is not a good game. You're telling me Notre Dame doesn't want to go to Fort Worth and play TCU so they can recruit there? Yes, they do. Are you kidding me? Notre Dame wants to play where it's advantageous for them. Oh, and you're going to pay me $75 million a year? Sure. Yeah, I'll go to Kansas. I, I, you know what? We'll go to Lawrence and we'll play Kansas football. Yes, yes, yes. Are you serious? It's about the money, bro. Come on, man. It's about the money. Come on. And if they do a shoulder deal with NBC where you're wrapped around the Big 12 and Notre Dame are wrapped around each other, that doesn't mean that Notre Dame's going to have to play all the Big 12 schools. What it means is Notre Dame's going to play USC and then we're going to get Oklahoma State and TCU. We're going to get BYU and, and Utah. So it's not that Notre Dame's got to play every school in the Big 12. But there's no doubt. There is no doubt that BYU benefited from going and playing Texas and Texas and Taysom jumping over Hell Longhorns. Yeah. They benefited from that game. Yeah. There is no question about that. Football, and I don't know how many people know this, and it, you may, if you're driving, you should probably put your hands at 10 and 2. They play a hell of a lot of football in the state of Texas what? at the high school level. What? Might not have known that. There's a we lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons that Notre Dame wants to play the Big 12. There's a. Do you know how hard it is to schedule games? Yeah. BYU is going to be nationally relevant for the next decade after joining the Big 12, even more than they've been the last decade. Yeah. When you play Notre when you play Notre Dame or you play BYU, you're on national TV. I'm for real. Now, like I don't know like this come on, man. It's not hard to understand. Come on. Come on. Steve Peterson, good morning. He says, Wait, does this mean that USC and UCLA are going back to the Pac twelve because of the ESPN rights, or was the bidding war just getting too much for ESPN to pay? I, you know what I think? I think that ESPN has the SEC. I think ESPN is making a very smart, pragmatic financial decision. ESPN, it, you could say what you want about Stephen A. Smith. That's a network that makes pretty smart financial decisions in the last He's five an years. Assassin. And I think when you look at what ESPN's doing, I think ESPN knows where the value is in college football. Yes. I think ESPN knows that Pac-12 after dark is a good proposition for them. I think ESPN knows that the that Brett Yormark and that group is going to be looking for a pretty good TV deal. And if they can happen to do that deal with ESPN, I think ESPN would be just fine with that. And they're going to save a lot of money doing it because they've also got Alabama and they've also got Auburn and they've also got Georgia, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they've, they've got, I don't know. You if got you, the big boys. Again, probably should put your hands back at 10 and two. Right. People watch SEC football on TV. <gasps> I know. Crazy. Right? Oh my God. Crazy. Unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable. People watch SEC football on TV. It's Alabama. 
Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Coach, I mean, it's Coach Saban. This is Coach Saban. Right? Like, are you kidding me right now? Come on now. Come on now. You know. Uh, Jason Gramatikos. That's a Greek name. Talk about oh, USC 7, 278. Nah, I'm fine. Uh, Ryan Buckley says USC will never be successful in the Big Ten. They will win the Big Ten on a regular basis. That USC will compete at the top of the Big Ten. Watch them. Watch them. Because I'm telling you, Lincoln Riley didn't go to USC to damage himself. Caleb Williams went to USC for one reason. So he can play on Sunday, not Saturday. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Anybody notice the business that Lincoln Riley's done in the transfer portal? Eh. You know, just Heisman Trophy winners. Um, are you kidding me right now? Just Heisman Trophy winners, bro. <laughs> are, are, like, that's the caliber of kid he recruited to USC. Yeah. Do you think Jackson Dart has some buyer's remorse? Come on. Lane Kiffin or Lincoln Riley? I'll take Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I, I mean, listen. <laughs> USC is never going to be irrelevant. Never. Never, ever is USC going to be irrelevant. Mm -hmm. USC, over this last 10-year period since Pete Carroll left, however long it's been now, USC has continued to land top talent from every corner of the country. Yeah. They just haven't had coaching. And now you have one of the best coaches in college football. And you have a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. You're stacked defensively. You have size. You have speed. You have intelligence. They could, do you understand? He's, what is Lincoln Riley? He's been the head coach at USC for like 13 minutes. Yeah, he's had a cup of coffee. No, the car, he hasn't even, he hasn't just, even drank he it a yet. sip. Mm -hmm. And the motherfucker, like, they're going to win the Pac 12, are you? I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. They're the second best team in the Pac 12 today. If you ain't first, you're last. Today. Today. USC's never going to be relevant anywhere. Here's the deal I'm the best there is. And as a Notre Dame fan, that pains me. God bless. It pains me. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Court McMullen says, I've been watching for a few weeks now. I've determined the uh, catchphrase of the show is, with all due respect, that's one of them. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And the other one is your mom. But other than that, or well, actually, no, I actually think it'd be Zach Wilson's yes, yes, mom. Yes, yes, yes. Your friend in the... No, no, no. Coupling of genitals. Anyway. I'm sorry. Did you just say the coupling of genitals? No, no, no. I said the suckling of gentlemen. <laughs> wow. That's a lie. I did say that. TJ McVay said, what if the ACC downsized and joined the Big East for basketball? Why? Why? Why That's would you point. do that? I mean, you have our, uh, some of the biggest brands with all. See, that's like. Wait, 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 wait. wait. With all due respect. Yes, yes, yes. You have some of the biggest brands in college basketball. Why would you do that? Why would you devalue yourself and join the Big East? When's the last time the Big East was relevant? I don't know. But we're still going to get a, a Big Ten ACC challenge. Right. We're still going to get that TV package, right? I mean, I don't know. I just, I, maybe I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, Patrick Boren, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, the Waco kid says, it is indeed, what have you done for me lately? Winning does cure everything, and Baylor's won a lot lately. Yes, it does. Baylor's won a lot lately. So I 
Baylor had a pretty good year. I don't know how many people, again, I know I'm just little Monty over here talking about. Yeah, you're about, just some YouTube pack you know, who doesn't know anything, you know? Coupling genitals and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know. I just, it, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says, the if the ACC shrinks, Duke and UNC will go elsewhere for big paydays. They shouldn't shrink. Duke is Duke. I, I, I just, I don't know why you would do that. I don't know. Eric and Raleigh says, damn it, Court, you're a genius about his with all due respect line. You know. Uh, Mike Maple says, 2000, 2003. Mike, what are you referencing? I, I, I'm probably lost. Hola, Billy. Good morning to you. I hope USC and UCLA get absolutely obliterated by every Pac-12 team this season. Salty boy. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Patrick Bourne says, uh, uh, Brett, your your mark, uh, will take the next two years to build the big 12 brand. The football side must get to the college football playoff. The basketball must con- the side must continue to rule, but you ain't got two years. Yeah. You haven't got That's to. the problem. You ain't got that time. You got to. You got to do that now. You got to do that now. Um, Patrick Borden says the Big Twelve has the best basketball conference, and this is only this only puts a dent in revenue for the conference. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think the Big Twelve. What does the Big Twelve got? Oh, that's probably what you're referring to. The Big Twelve has a couple of years left on its deal. I think if you. That's why you've got to expand now. Like yes. I think you've Build got your it. value now, dude. You got, I'm telling you right now, you got to put the pack 12 in the ground. You do Seven twenty coming up in eight minutes. We'll talk uh, Kevin Durant and whether or not the Utah jazz should trade for Kevin Durant. We'll talk about that coming up. Um, Patrick uh, Bourne also says, hola, Billy. That is why the big 12 uh, was elated to have a big 12 championship with no OU in Texas in 2021. Hoping the same happens again for the next two years. Well, you better hope it happens over the next two years. Mm-hmm. You know, like you better enjoy. Bedlam's got to continue. I don't care what anybody says. Bedlam has to continue. I need Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. This is, and one of the things that I really hope for college football expansion and, and expansion in general is that we don't lose Bedlam, the Apple Cup, the Holy War. You know, the main rivalries you know, like, that we're here for. Obviously, we're not going to lose Ohio State and Michigan, but. You, you can't lose UCLA and USC. You can't lose. And I know people in, in Utah are split on it. You cannot lose BYU and Utah. You just, you can't. I mean, it, it just, to me, it's what makes college football, college football. Mm-hmm. A breezy, leaf-blowing Saturday afternoon for Michigan, Michigan State. Yes! You can't know what I mean? Like, you, you, can't you can't beat it, bro. You can't beat it. They both suck, but Stanford Cal still has meaning. You, you cannot... The you essence can't. of the game is what you can't beat. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, Kay Nuring, good morning, says, yes, money makes the world go round. Um, Kay also says, no feeling, just the truth. The pack is dead and Utah is going to the Mountain West. Sadly true. Nah. I just don't know how many times we'll talk about the fact that I think Utah's brand is damaged. I think Utah's brand is damaged by the Pac-12. I, it is sad. It is absolutely a tragedy for Utah. Because Utah's built something that is very special and unique. Utah is a, a great place to play football. And sadly, I don't think many people know that. Just keep winning football and, games. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. Just keep winning football you games. Keep getting people to transfer from Florida from the Florida Gators to the Utah Utes. Yeah. Keep evangelizing by winning winning Pac twelve championships. You know. For as long as there's a Pac twelve championship, you keep winning it. You know what I mean? Like, by the way, speaking of Lincoln Riley. 
Lincoln's rolling into town in October. You got to beat USC this year. Yeah, you do. It's a critical moment in time. I frankly. Oh it, man, here oh, we go. Here we go with here the bots. We go. The bots are back again. See, they're in early today. See, I'm telling you, it's all part of the plan. You know, yesterday, it's all yeah. Part you know, of the, the plan. it's 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 all part of a uh, of the plan because it's all yeah, part of I, the plan. It drives me crazy. I hate it. Um. Anyway, my point is. Yeah. My point is, it's really unfortunate that that Utah finds itself in a the position they're in. They'll they'll find a solution. They will. Well, I don't have any doubt about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, exploring with Ben and Sam says, people watch the SEC? What? 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 Obviously exactly. not. Lord Raiden says, ESPN wants, needs college basketball. How much are they giving to the Big Ten for basketball? I don't think they're, I don't think, I. you don't get Big Ten basketball rights separate from Big, Big Ten football rights. I, I don't think that's happening. Patrick Bourne says ESPN equals SEC as Fox equals Big Ten. What about NBC equals Notre Dame, CBS equals Big 12? No, I think CBS is going to equal Big Ten. I think the Big Ten wants CBS. Yeah. I think that's what the Big Ten It's a good fit for their demos. It fits nicely. It is. I I think that uh, it it works for sure. Yeah, I agree. Five minutes, we'll talk uh, Utah Jazz NBA basketball. Uh, Lord Raiden says, where is everyone going to get past the jealousy towards hatred of Rutgers? I mean, why would you like Rutgers? Yeah, who the hell likes Rutgers? Ah, Greg Schiano's hung like a steer. Don't lie to me. Who cares? He's Rutgers. hung like a steer. That's all I could come up with off the top of my head. What do you want? Okay. <laughs> I don't think anybody hates or is jealous. It's Rutgers, bro. Like, come on. It's New Jersey. Yeah. Like, who wants New Jersey? Yeah. Did the Nets want New Jersey? No. <laughs> Um, the Sopranos want New Jersey. Yeah, I was going to say the best thing that came out of there was freaking Tony. Tony. Freaking Tony. Um, I would, one time, shouldn't we all have to cut up a body in a butcher shop? You are what you are. Anyway, my point is, Rutgers, it isn't anything that Rutgers has done. (laughs) With all due respect. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's nothing per se that Rutgers has done. It's it's Rutgers. What What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? Ranger Rutgers? Like, what? (laughs) disrespect dude there would have to be respect those who want disrespect don't get respect you know what i'm saying it might have been overstating the case a yeah little a little bit not a lot uh mike maple said last time miami was good yeah like 2000 yeah a long time ago uh alex chacon says any pre- premier league news yeah my guy's gone timo Werner. Not with Chelsea Football Club anymore. Uh, exploring with Ben and Sam just puts two ducks in the two mallards. Okay. Quack, quack, MFers. Uh, quack, Matt's- quack, MFers. <laughs> Matt says rumors are Big 12 is going to move up their negotiating window to this year. Brett Yormark has been very aggressive his entire career. Well, he ain't been so aggressive the first 10 days on the job. What happened to the what happened to the people who are like, oh, new sheriff in town, bitches. Like, <laughs> I haven't met the new sheriff in the Big 12 yet. Like, I'm, and again, I don't have a dog in the fight. But the Big 12 needs to do something. No, no, no. Do anything. Like, it's cool that the new commissioner's touring all the campuses and, hey, kids, good to see you. Get good grades. Hey, now listen. Hey guys. Here, here in the Big 12, hey guys. 
You know what? Eat your fruit and vegetables. Hey guys. Okay. I'm I'm going to Houston now. Peace out, bro. You know, I'm going to go see SMU. Hey, uh, commissioner, not in the conference. I'm at Houston. Same thing. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Like, you thought you talked a big game in the Big 12, and I'm just telling you now. The Big 12 is not that much more stable than the Pac-3 flag. Final. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Big 12 is not that much more stable. We're being totally honest. Yeah. Can you sit here and tell me? For all our Big 12 viewers and all our Big 12 fans. Oh, Big 12's here to stay. Yeah. It, I mean, I think if if the Pac-12 is taking on water, and they are. Right. You're at least, like, drifting towards the, the you know, iceberg and Titanic references and stuff. And stuff, you know, like, yeah. You're at least vulnerable. Right, we can agree on that. The Big Twelve's at least vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, like if, this you lose, arrogance, if you lose one team, now all of a sudden you're shaken. You know, now all of a sudden you're shaken. You're you're yeah, in trouble. You're, you're not in a good place. You are you are in trouble. Yeah. Ryan Ryan Buckley says, Jake, there's bots. Don't click that link. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. You know, uh, Matt says BYU is in the Big Twelve now. Numb nuts. Um, okay. Uh, Kay Nuren says, yes, BYU can play a Mountain West team every year, Utah. Okay. Things seem to be getting... Are people... we are we getting feisty in the comments, bro? Apparently. Hullabilly says, Bill Belichick is the only one who loves Rutgers. We're on the Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers. I... Yeah, we're really I... focused on Philadelphia right now. No, Coach, Rutgers is in Tennessee. We're on to Cincinnati. No, not Tennessee. Yeah, we're focused on the Jets today. I'm telling you, Rutgers is in Nashville, sir. This is fucking America. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Vincent, Pater <laughs> Vincent Paterno, your dad was a dick. Oh, my uh, God. Rutgers should be grateful Syracuse withdrew from the AAU. Otherwise, the Orange would be the Terps expansion partner. The Terps expansion. <laughs> wow. Vincent Paterno, you are a legend. Casey Finlinson says, guys, should I watch Blue Bloods? No. No. Too late. Blue Bloods is Chicago PD. Uh, Justin Bingham says, you two make a great show in a couple of uh, USC and UCLA have been basement dwellers for a while now. Well, I think the difference is, is USC okay. is like one season from being top of the conference. And that's the thing I don't think people understand. USC is a destination for college football players. Even when they suck. Like people want to go to USC. Yeah. They want to go there. No matter who the coach is, no matter how many times Lane Kiffin gets fired on the tarmac outside the private jet. <laughs> People want to go play football. Oh, and Los Angeles is like quarterback heaven. Like there's any kind. You think Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams goes to the NFL. How how difficult is it for him to have like seven quarterbacks from modern day just waiting to compete for the job? Yeah. Now, having said that, USC quarterbacks historically aren't very good in the NFL. Mark Sanchez, nice butt fumble, right? Okay, I'm going Nice butt fumble. You're probably too young to remember the butt no, fumble. No, I remember the butt fumble. Like, think who's the last great USC quarterback? Even if you go back to Marijuanovich. Carson Palmer? Probably the best. Pro well, no, Matt Leinart at pulling chicks. But there was a reason Matt Leinart went back to USC, right? Yeah. The The thing is, my dog, oh, my goodness. 
What? My dog just vomited like a gallon of yellow bile. Bro. Jeez. Bro, what, what dude, okay. Damn. I don't know what's going on there. Damn. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> wow. The point is, I think when you look at what USC is, they're a football factory. They don't put guys in the NFL at quarterback, but they're a football factory. Yeah, they put they put linebackers in the NFL. Bro. Patrick Bourne says Big Twelve uh, stability. What happens if the SEC grabs Okie State and Baylor or some other team? Yeah, not cement, not at all. Yeah, and that's why, that's not why I think all. that the Big Twelve just needs to really solidify things. And and as you have been saying multiple times, like they need to bury the Pac-12. Like you just need to do that. Matt says, "LOL, SEC would not take Baylor or Okie State in a million years." Okay, I see. This is. <laughs> I love I, – I, see, the SEC doesn't want – yeah, no. No, you guys are trash. Why wouldn't they take – make that explanation work. Why wouldn't the SEC take Oklahoma State and Baylor if it could get them? Are you they, out of your goddamn mind? Yeah, they would. What? what give me – I'm sorry. Do you think Texas A&M is, like, beating people recently? Jimbo Fisher got his ass kicked by Nick Saban, and they didn't even play a game. This is Coach Saban. Right? Are you are you serious right now? <laughs> oh, I know Mississippi State. Well, Mississippi State, what? Like, are you telling me? Wow, because anybody from the Big Twelve, they're going to be bottom. Oklahoma is going to be terrible in the SEC. Really? When's the last time Oklahoma was terrible in anything? Yeah. I love this thing where it's like, oh, we're the Pac-12. We don't need BYU. Hey, uh, team down south, enjoy the Mountain West. Let's consult the douche meter. Hey, Kyle Winningham, it's Craig Thompson, Mountain West Commissioner with a mullet. Why don't you guys come on back over here? I mean, we could put together the holy war with the Aggies while we're doing, I mean, there's nothing holy about Aggie tears, but I mean, we could, you know, are you kidding me right now? BYU was valuable from the jump, man. Yeah. Are you telling me Oklahoma State's got, no, the SEC, listen, listen. Here in Starkville, we don't want no Cowboys in the SEC. Get the f- Bears don't roam in the Southeast, asshole. Well, Mark, fucking ass. You want to bet? You want to bet? Because I don't know if you know. I know you're the SEC. Let me get underneath you because you're the <laughs> SEC. You're above me. I, we, you're awesome. We get it. Fucking Tennessee's not won a football game in like a decade. But we understand Fat Phil is no longer the head coach. We get it. <laughs> but you know we play a little football over here in Waco, Texas, Fat. and we have the mills in the silos with the people who make pretty stuff. No, you haven't. Waco is David Corash. <laughs> Waco. <laughs> then the SEC doesn't want Baylor. Baylor sucks. Oh so my they, god, dude. So they had some people kill each other and stuff. It happens. You know, never been a scandal down here in the SEC. Uh, what about Scam Newton? Who's that? Come on, man. Cecil Newton? Who? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Anyway. I really don't care if you think it's us. I, 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 that was some of your best work right there. Well, see, Aaron Rodgers got me some of that ashwagandha tea and stuff. Where is A-A-Ron Ayahuasca, right and I just went like ham on it. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You know. You did. Anyway. That is what it is. We're way late to wow. talk NBA. That was truly, I mean, that was truly incredible. That was, I'm serious. That was some of your best work right there, bro. Boyd Lake. That was some of your best work, I have to admit. Boyd Lake says, we have Dr. Pepper and Waco, bro. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe. 
Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. I don't like this whole the arrogance thing in college it's football incredible. drives me crazy. <laughs> wow. We're Utah. We're better than TDS. Oh, hey, we're the Pac-12. We win championships in badminton. That means we don't need to. We don't need anybody else. We're we're fine. We're good. And then, like one day last week, like the phone rings in Tom Homo's office. Yeah, Pac-12 headquarters. Hello. It's like, hey, uh, it's Mark Harlan up at uh, Utah. Oh, hey, Ton, what's up? <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can you help us get into the Big 12, please? Can you call Brett Yormark wherever he is touring his conferences and stuff? When he comes to Provo, will you put in a good word? Will you let him know that Coach K and that terrible Blazer are no longer in the conference and we yes, fired yes, him? Yes. Will you let him know that? You know. Wow. By the way, Mrs. Monty just showed up. I don't. I wonder if she smells the gallon of bio the dog just threw up in his bed. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My dog, I kid you not. He goes through phases, man. Where he it's just an ebb and vomits. Flow type thing. I, and I don't understand it. I don't understand it. My poor guy yesterday ate like 10 pounds of dog food. <laughs> First team off. <laughs> and then during the show, we watched him throw up and eat his own vomit <laughs> multiple times. And now this morning, my wife is very pissed right now. It's not my fault he threw up. What you want me to do about it? I can't clean it up. We're doing the show. It's not my fault, all right? It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, buy a dog, they said. <coughs> He's been great. My dog is like 10 years old. Uh, don't forget, we're sending... Uh, 12 years old yeah he's yeah, like, same thing he's you an know old fart and then he's gonna want to look casual lick, he's gonna come over and be like hey hey dad i just threw up can i lick your face hey guys <laughs> how about the inside of your nostrils bro <laughs> terrible uh don't forget we're sending a listener uh and a friend to see byu and notre dame in the shamrock series at allegiant oh. stadium in las vegas that was fun dude i um you get two nights at the Palms Casino Resort. Uh, you also get a pair of tickets to the game as well. Um, you're going to get a $250 gas card to get you there. And all you got to do is go to the Barbecue Pit Stop, any of their five locations in Utah, including the bots are back again. You sons of biscuits. Again. I bet you weren't expecting this one. No, I wasn't. Now I got to report them for porn. Sorry, barbecue pit stop. Uh, see, I said barbecue pit stop, and people are like, sex! Yes. Anyway. Straight Yoder. <laughs> Straight Yoder, bruh. Um, <laughs> that's a hell of a smoker. If you have not seen a Yoder smoker, there's one at barbecue pit stop, and all five of them have this model. It's got like a bright orange base. It is, they lift weights. That I mean, that Yoder yeah, smoker. They are legit. Now, I'm a Traeger Ironwood 885 guy. How like, are your that's, wings? That's my, my wings were amazing. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh, damn. Hey, hey, hey. Speaking of Waco, I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. How about this idiot? Wait, let me put you on camera. Jake, how'd you make your wings over the weekend? Hey man, um, I baked. Hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put these wings in the oven, okay? I'm gonna bake them. Hey guys, instant regret. Did you did you instant salt, regret? Did you put any salt and pepper? Did you put any no, uh, Kinder regret, Kinder instant Italian regret. seasoning? I get it. I messed up. Did I made you a did you preheat the smoker? 
Um, no, you did though. Right. And so I actually like mixed my wings with Kinder seasoning that I got it at barbecue pit stop, shook them up, put them on the smoker for 35 yeah, minutes. Yeah, instant regret, bro. 425 came out. Boom. Sucks. Like it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. How did your baked wings turn out? Terrible. He shows up over here with what looked like raw uncooked wings. He's like, oh, these aren't going to be amazing. I baked them. <laughs> I baked them in my electric oven at my rental unit. Like, dude, you we you're part. Oh, he part. Oh, we split the Traeger eight eight five. You you're part owner of a smoker. Yeah, but you were being a dick on the phone, so I thought I'd try and prove a point. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. How did how'd that work out for you? Yeah, next question. How do you screw up wings? Oh, that's right. He made all flats. I did not make all flats. First, stop of lying all. to people. I didn't make all flats. Stop lying I to didn't, people. I didn't make all flats. By the, the way, what? The, how was the ranch dressing you had yesterday with your wings? Oh, that's I had right. You did sauce. You had barbecue sauce because you're a so freak. So did you. You're a freak because we're out of ranch. I have an excuse. You don't. <laughs> okay. Jerk. Anyway, point is, go to barbecue pit stop today. <laughs> Logan Lehigh Layton. I will never bake wings Salt again. Salt Lake City and Saint George. <laughs> And then join us uh, Saturday, October 17th as BYU takes on Oregon at Autzen Stadium in Eugene, wow. Oregon. And at halftime of that game, we are going to draw a winner for the trip to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. And we're going to have wings, pizza. It's going to be a watch party at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Go to any of their five locations throughout the great state of Utah and enter to win in Logan, Lehigh, Layton. Salt Lake City slash Murray and St. George. Check them out online at barbecuepitstop.com. Our BYU Notre Dame driveway is presented by Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Listen, again, we tell you this all the time. Hey, you know what? We need you guys to pick up the phone, call Devery Davis, talk to him about your mortgage, right? Go to Barbecue Pit Stop, buy seasoning, buy rubs, buy a Yoder smoker, buy a Traeger smoker. Let's knock it out. That's how the show thrives, right? I talked to my guy, Devery Davis, yesterday, and I just called him to say, what's up? Like, how are things? He's like, hey, you know, your, your listeners have been calling. We really appreciate that. Please continue to call Devery Davis and talk to him about your mortgage. Yes. Devery was telling me yesterday that he had a guy that was in a difficult situation um, where he was trying to refi out of his home because he, he couldn't afford the mortgage anymore and he didn't want to go into foreclosure. Devery found him a program that he was able to refi into get him a better rate, saved him money, put money back in his pocket. Listen, if you're sitting here listening to the show and you are struggling financially and you're you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay your mortgage payment, call Debra Davis today at Academy Mortgage. Ask him what your options for a refi are. He's going to tell you straight away. Debra's not the guy that's going to say, yeah, sure, let's do this alone. Here's Kevin, my guy. You know, you're just a number to us. Go ahead and talk to Kevin. Yeah. Devery Davis is going to take a personal interest in your mortgage situation because you're not calling some mortgage mill. You're calling Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage right up there in Ogden. Call him today, 801-543-9666. Devery Davis has an answer for you. So if you need to refi, if you are looking to buy your first home, do you know how many first-time homebuyer down payment programs there are where you don't have to put a single money uh, dollar down out of your pocket? They have grants and programs to help you cover that down payment. And by the way, if you're a police officer, if you're a law enforcement official, if you are in current active duty or a veteran of the military, there are all kinds of great programs to take care of your down payment for you. You can afford that house that you and your family have been looking at and wanting. Call Devery Davis today and tell him, hey, I heard about you on the Monty Show. He said you can help me with a mortgage. 801 
543-9666. NMLS number 278-545. Debra Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. Let's talk. Jutta Jazz time, my basketball. It's time. Okay. So, huge update on Kevin Durant. And when I say huge update. Yeah, this is a big deal, It's bro. a huge this is a really big deal. update on Kevin Durant. So, you know that Kevin Durant has demanded a trade. And we hadn't really heard anything. It's just kind of been a, a situation where Kevin Durant and the Nets have been in limbo. And now, all of a sudden, we get an update. According to ESPN sources who have confirmed that Kevin Durant and Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, met in London, England, and had a conversation in which Kevin Durant told Joe Sy, if you want me to be a Brooklyn Nets, you need to fire your general manager, Sean Marks, and your head coach, Steve Nash. This is a code 10 abort. To which, according to Shams Tararnia at The Athletic, Joe Sy said, no thanks. We're going to continue to try and trade you. And it... I think, now that it is out in public knowledge, Jake, I think, Chaboy, Kevin Durant, who is your guy, admittedly, yeah. Kevin Durant's your favorite player, I think this has done remarkable damage to his name. Yeah, I think this whole Brooklyn Nets situation has been a disaster for Kevin Durant uh, from the get. I think that the as soon as Kyrie, well, really, as soon as the James Harden thing kind of went sideways, I think there were some, you know, slight questions about KD. Then I think the Kyrie stuff happened. And you're like, all right, well, maybe that's just Kyrie. But now that we're getting this Joe Psy conversation and, and how Kevin Durant's handling it, yeah, I, I have to say, unfortunately, yeah, my favorite player is, is has some issues that he's got to deal with now. And I think that that you know this whole this whole thing about him going to a team and then just leaving like two seasons in on a four or five year deal that's a problem bro that is an absolute problem and we're going to we're going to talk all about you know should you trade for him or not but i think when you're another team around the league i don't care who you are like whether you're the utah jazz the orlando magic the cleveland cavaliers or the la lakers Trading for Kevin Durant is an extremely risky proposition uh, as the league is currently set up, and I think it's just not worth it because you don't know how long this guy is going to stay. Imagine giving up. Like, if you're the Knicks, as an example, imagine giving up the entire farm to get Kevin Durant only to have him leave 24 months into his five-year deal. That's a problem, bro, and that's why I say... Yeah, they're going to trade Kevin, and I do think this is sort of the linchpin that we've kind of been waiting to release for the league to start getting some movement. Because as you know, on the show, we've talked all about how the league hasn't had movement, and we've just been sitting here waiting, and it's been at a standstill. This is the type of thing that can kind of start to push that ball forward a little bit. Get the Kevin Durant deal done. Maybe you get a Kyrie deal done. Now you've got movement. Now now the Jazz can, can, can talk to other people. Like, this is what we needed to happen. So... Yeah, I think Kevin Durant, reputationally speaking, has issues. I think that people don't trust him now. Uh, and while he is the best player in the world, in my opinion, right now, I think that you that only goes so far. People have to be able to trust you to sign you. I, If I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm trading for Kevin Durant as soon as I can. And I understand there's risk in it. I understand that um, there is absolutely... Um, you know, I think there is absolutely drama around Kevin Durant. Um, oh, wow. This is a huge bummer. Uh, breaking news out of the NFL, Roquan Smith, the, the number one linebacker for the Chicago Bears, has now demanded a trade 
after the Chicago Bears refused to extend his contract, saying that he is at an impasse with the new regime and he, quote, does not feel the new regime values me. Wow. Chicago Bear linebacker Roquan Smith is demanding a trade. And I just continue to tell you, I'm a huge fan of of the Chicago Bears. And Mrs. Monty's favorite player is... Roquan! Roquan Smith. And it is really unfortunate that this situation has happened. This has been building for a while. Not that probably anybody watching the show at this very moment cares. But Roquan Smith has been asking for a contract extension. They have not done that. He showed up at camp. They would not talk about it. He is by far their best player defensively. You traded Khalil Mack, and now you're really not going to extend Roquan Smith. That's a huge mistake. Now, having said all of that, um, I would absolutely, if I'm the Utah Jazz, trade for Kevin Durant. I think there are very few moments in time where you have not only the assets, but the situation where Kevin Durant's a perfect fit. Not a good fit or sort of a fit. Kevin Durant is a perfect fit in Utah. You want all-stars on your team for the all-star game? Kevin Durant. You want to win a championship? Kevin Durant. You want to make the guys around you better? Kevin Durant. You want to put less money into superstars and more, more money into younger role players? Kevin Durant does that for you. I don't see downside, Jake, to trading for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, outside of the fact that you'll give up the farm to get him and he'll leave in a year and a half, you know, that's, that's the only downside. I, I, I think it's an absolutely insane deal to do if you're the Utah Jazz. I think that, yeah... Kevin Durant will take you to the postseason, and he may get you the Western Conference Finals, but I got news for you. He's not getting you to the NBA Finals uh, on his own with what you'd have to give up. Uh, to That's just not going to happen. I, I mean, you saw what he did in the Eastern Conference. You saw his, his ability to carry a team, but you're not doing that in the West. The West is way deeper than the East. I, well, and, and, I would remind you, Kevin Durant's under team control for four more seasons. Yeah, but who cares about that? That nothing's gonna until something changes in the CBA. Dude can leave whenever he wants a, to. A, a, there's gonna be a strike over Kevin Durant. Well, we'll see about that. There's we'll going, see. there's going to be a work stoppage based on what happened with Kevin Durant. B, they're going to remedy this situation because there will not be a contract done that does not address this situation right here. If Kevin Durant's on your team for the next four years, and let's say you only get him for two years, if you can have Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant next to each other, A, that keeps Donovan Mitchell in Salt Lake City. B, that gives you two, arguably two top five players in the NBA if Donovan Mitchell develops. That gives you the best player in the NBA and a guy in Donovan Mitchell who's capable of scoring 30 points a game. Kevin Durant makes Donovan Mitchell a better player. Kevin Durant makes Donovan Mitchell want to stay in Salt Lake City longer. Kevin Durant immediately opens a window for you to win a championship. You have draft picks. You have young players. You have guys like Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler. You have guys that would be of interest to Brooklyn. You can't tell me that if you could get Claxton and Durant for a pile of players and a pile of picks that you're not doing that. As much as you would be derelict in your duty not to take the phone call from the New York Knicks, you're crazy if you are not today right now calling the Brooklyn Nets and saying, what's it going to take to get Kevin Durant? Because somebody's doing that. And I guarantee you the Lakers are doing that, and they already have. I guarantee you teams like the Warriors are going to do this. And I don't think if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not selling low. There's no chance I'm selling low. I'm getting what I got to get. 
If I am the Utah Jazz or any other team in this league, I am calling and I am saying, if I'm the New Orleans Pelicans who are awfully close, I'm calling. If I'm the Miami Heat, I'm calling. If I'm Toronto, if I'm the Chicago Bulls, how are the Chicago Bulls not calling? How are the Washington Wizards not calling? If you're the Utah Jazz, you are irresponsible. You are derelict in your duty, in my opinion, if you do not call the Brooklyn Nets today right now. Yeah, I just completely disagree. I don't think it's worth the risk. I think Kevin Durant can leave whenever he wants, and I think there's no guarantee of a work stoppage. I, I don't, think it's assumed, but there's no guarantee. I don't think, oh, I think it's absolutely guaranteed. This situation is already being bandied about in ownership, in meetings, in phone conversations. They Kevin Durant is holding Joe Sy hostage. But no, he's holding the whole league hostage. Let's be really clear. They're he's not, holding the whole league hostage. That's going to change. That's going to change. I think they are going to put in longer windows where once you sign a contract, you cannot physically be traded. I think they are going to end the days of guaranteed contracts are coming to an end in the NBA. Because if Kevin Durant doesn't show up for work, look at Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons got paid last year. And granted, he was dealing with mental health issues, which are a completely different set of circumstances. But what this is illustrating is the day of the power player is coming to an end. Guys like LeBron are no longer holding this league hostage and the owners are going to take action. And I don't know what they have in mind. There's been, I've heard a lot of crazy stuff like, hey, when you sign a guy to a Supermax, he cannot be traded for two seasons. Hey, when you sign a guy to a Supermax, X, Y, Z, like you can only have one Supermax on your roster. Like, they're going to go long and hard at the players on controlling how many, how much, and for how long. And I absolutely think, again, and I don't care if you only have him for two years, you have got to try and trade for Kevin Durant. That's a generational, truly once-in-a-lifetime talent. And I don't see any risk. What's the worst thing that would happen if you're the Jazz? Worst case scenario. You give up everything you have. You go to the Western Conference Finals and lose, and then he leaves, and then Don leaves, and now you're left with nothing. And what? Well, you wouldn't be left with nothing because hey, those guys are under contract, so you have to trade them. So you're going to get a haul well, in return. But this, but for this them. is my point. You can't say that until there's actually a change. You don't like, yeah, sure, you'd have to trade them. They they would ask out, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get what you want for them. That doesn't mean that you're like, I'm just but telling you. no matter you the, the, what, the, you're going to get a the, significant return. The Utah return. Jazz are not in a position to take risks the way the Lakers or the Knicks or these massive markets are in position. You're they not, are not you're that You're not team. going and signing free agents to this team. That is not going to happen. But, but do you, you really have think Kevin one Durant? route. Dude, do you really think that Kevin Durant's going to suit up in a Jazz uniform? I don't think he has a choice. He does have a choice. No, he does he not. Does, he does, man. Okay. Kevin Durant, see, and this is what I love about, about these conversations. Kevin Durant's not the guy that's sitting out. You really think Kevin Durant's going to be like, I got traded to the Jazz, I'm not reporting. Yeah, I no, could see that. Not a chance I could in the see world. that, dude. Not a chance I would in the not world. put that past Kevin Durant. And by the way, it, before you traded for Kevin Durant, you'd have to call him and have a conversation. And that's what so I'm saying. Like, I, 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 I don't care if Kevin Durant wants to play in Salt Lake City. Now he's left himself no options, by the way, because now he can't go back to Brooklyn. And as much as that puts as much as that puts Brooklyn over a barrel, I am not trading him to Phoenix, Miami, or Golden State. I'm not. You're going where we're going to get our best deal. You don't fly to London and tell the owner to fire the GM and the coach or you're out because he's not going to pick you. 
No savvy owner is going to pick you. I would agree with that. And in my opinion, Kevin Durant doesn't have a choice. Kevin Durant now finds himself in a situation where the public doesn't respect him and where his money now is at risk. Because Kevin Durant's not the type of dude that's going to walk away from, from the magnitude of his contract. Like, I was just reading his contract. 42, 46, 49, and 53. Kevin Durant ain't walking away from that. That's not happening. If I'm the Utah Jazz, I am calling the Brooklyn Nets like yesterday and making this deal happen. I'm doing whatever I got to do because there's just no way you don't at least make the phone call. Is it likely? No. Is it probable? No. Is Kevin Durant likely to ever play for the Jazz? No, he's not. That doesn't mean I'm not calling. That doesn't mean that, because I know if I'm the Jazz, I've got the leverage in that situation. I've got all those picks. I've got all this young talent now. Why am I not trying to make that trade? I've got a perfect guy to go with Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell. Why would I not make that trade? Why would I not make that phone call? I just, I don't know. I, I, I do not know. You've got a guy in Kevin Durant that I think is, is 100% what you need for a championship team. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that he can take it to to the playoffs and you can probably get to the Western Conference Finals in the West, but I'm not going to sit here and guarantee a Finals appearance in the West. I think the West is too deep, it's too physical, it's too good. Like, I, I, I think that it just is not guaranteed in the West the way it is in the East. I, 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 really, I really believe that, and I think that I just don't think that, like, yeah, you have to call and you have to have the conversation, but I, I just don't think that, that giving up you know, what it would take to get Kevin Durant is worth your time if you're the Utah Jazz. I think it's too big of a risk. I think that 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 you're in too good of a position right now. Danny did too well on the Gobert deal to 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 give up that momentum. And and look, if you give it if you give up everything and you and you get Kevin Durant and you win a championship, it was worth it. But anything short of winning a championship in that scenario is a bust, in my opinion. Like that's the kind of stakes you're but, playing with. But again, I just point to I'm a guy that very much looks at what could happen, what should happen, and what's likely to happen. What's the best case scenario? Well, you trade for Kevin Durant. You pair him in best case scenario. You pair him with Donovan Mitchell. You no longer have to trade Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, so you have a ton of shooting, and you're going to probably wind up sending out Boyan Bogdanovich in that deal. You're probably going to wind up sending out Mike Conley in that deal to make the money work. And I think at that point, you've got to go and find a power forward. You've got to go and find. And then the question is, okay, well, if I get Claxton back, he's my five, right? And now I've potentially got a starting five of Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley. I mean, I've got guys that can play the game. Now I need to go and build depth. And now you've got to figure out, okay, well, what do I have in all these different pieces? And what do I need to do to go and find three other guys to find a, a, a legit power forward? Maybe I don't have to give up Vanderbilt in that deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, you likely do, right? But maybe I don't have to give up Vanderbilt in that deal. What is Azabuki? What is like, I think you have to look at best case scenario. Best case scenario is you've got Beasley, Beverly, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, and Claxton or Vanderbilt starting at center. And you're and you're playing really fast 120 point a night basketball. You're going to have to fill 
You're going to have to figure out how to defend. I think Beasley and Pat Bev and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's a, a, a willing defender. Is he an elite defender? No, certainly not. But Kevin Durant's an, a, 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 a willing defender. You're going to have to find some defense. That's what you're going to have to find. So my feeling is that's the best case scenario. What's the worst case scenario? Okay, the worst case scenario is you call the Nets and they tell you, hey, yeah, sure, let's do this deal. Okay, I'm going to call Kevin Durant now. I don't want to play for you. I'm not coming. Okay, you don't do the deal. Or you do the deal and Kevin Durant sits out. Either way, you win. Either way, you win, right? Because now he goes on an exempt list. You still get his salary and you're no worse off than you were, right? Okay, he reports. You go to the Western Conference Finals. He says, I want out. Okay, worst case scenario, you don't trade him. He's a malcontent for the next three years. But are you telling me Kevin Durant's given away the last three years of his prime? As a malcontent, that's not who that dude is. That dude wants to win rings. He it, At some point, you come to a place where you realize you messed up so bad in Brooklyn, which is where I think Kevin Durant is. He realizes, hey, I messed this thing up in Brooklyn. This is terrible PR because this is a disaster for his legacy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you go to a place where there's absolutely zero media pressure on this team? in this town. Nobody, the media is never going to ask you a tough question. They're all going to lay down for you. You don't even have to talk to the media if you don't want to. Why wouldn't you go there? Why wouldn't you go to a place where Danny Ainge is a proven championship executive? You have a billionaire owner. Like, come on. It To me, this makes all the sense in the world. At least make the phone call. Yeah, I mean, you can make the phone call, but I'm just telling you, you're going to look like an idiot. Danny Ainge will look like an idiot if you give away the farm to get Kevin Durant, and then he leaves in a year. That well, just is not, that's not going to work. I think Kevin Durant, This is, and this goes back to what we've talked about, about like Harden, like some of these other guys. This goes back to this whole this whole situation where, um, how about that? A guy, one of the guys I talked to in the NBA, haven't vetted it, says that they've gotten over twenty phone calls in the last twenty four hours. I'm sure they have I, on Kevin Durant. I'm sure they have. So that's not surprising to me. Yeah, look, I I just think that this is, I don't know, man. You, Danny has balls. We all know that. Yes, he does. I think that. It's not beyond him to put a Kevin Durant deal together, but what I am saying is I just think it's incredibly risky. I think it, it is incredibly risky. The only, to me, the only incentive for Kevin Durant to to play for the Utah Jazz from his side of it is that winning a championship with the Utah Jazz would solidify you as one of the you know most savage players in the NBA. And we've got, but see, the other part of this is we've got to stop this. Oh, Kevin Durant's not coming. He's black. He's never going to play here. I just think we that Kevin Durant's that. a major market player. Like and, that's, and, that's who he's always been. And that's exactly my point. Salt Lake City in the state of Utah is a major market. Not compared to Los Angeles, well, it's not. Not compared but, to Boston but or that's Brooklyn not or New what York. We, but he, he can't go to Los Angeles. He can't go to, to Brooklyn. He, he can't stay in Brooklyn. If I'm the Knicks, am I not calling Brooklyn? Hey, we'll send a car over the bridge. Let's go. Like, all I'm saying is... We, you've got to stop at some point being the little guy. Well, we're the small little market. Nobody wants to play here. Okay. This I don't is, disagree with that. Mark my words on, on Tuesday, August 9, 2022. They're not competing for the first overall pick next season. In the 2023 draft, it will not. Like everybody that thinks that this team's just here to, you know, to completely rip it down. If they were doing that, they'd have made the Nick trade already. They'd have made the Nick trade already. 
You wouldn't take four first-round picks? And yes, I know that you guys are blowing up my phone. Um, You wouldn't take four first-round picks. If you were tearing this thing down to the studs, as everybody likes to say, you're turning down four first-round picks and two young players. No, you're not. No, you're not. You'd have made that trade already. This team's retooling. And I can only say it so many times. This team's retooling. They're not trying to get the number one pick in the draft. You don't hire Danny Ainge to rip the thing down to the ground. You hire him to trade for Kevin Garnett. That's what he's here for, to win championships. That's what, there's no better guy available right now than Kevin Durant. You want to win a championship? And this is why I say to Ryan Smith, you're hiding from the fucking media right now. Tell me what you're doing. Somebody, anybody, tell me what you're doing. This team operates like a small market team. So you get small market results. You wind up with guys like Donovan Mitchell, not saying two words, but everybody assumes he won't be here. Because of these exact situations. You you act like what you're getting. People will treat you to the level that you force them to treat you at. They will respect you to the level that you, you force them to respect you at. If you don't want to be a minor team, don't act like this is, this is, you know, AAA baseball. Don't act like this is you're the G League Ignite. You got to be the Lakers and the Celtics. That's what you got to be. I'm tired. You know what I'm tired of? Like this conversation, I'm glad this came up. I'm tired of hearing about the billionaire owner. I'm tired of hearing about it because he's not acting like it. You, you have not had a major victory outside of the Rudy Gobert trade. And now you're in a position where you could use all those assets to go and chase a guy like Kevin Durant. And my fucking comment section is full with, well, he won't play here. We're a minor market team. Hey, they're going to go for the number one pick in the draft. I'm tired of being the small market team that nobody believes can do anything because, well, we don't get free agents. Well, you don't need a free agent. He's under contract for four years. And you want to sit here and tell me that he doesn't belong in Salt Lake City because he won't play here. The fuck out of here with that. Like, you're a major market team. Act like it. Act like it, man. You're it's Salt Lake City. It's Silicon Slopes. I'm tired of hearing about oh the tech billionaires and look at all the buildings at the point of the mountain. What does all that mean? What does all that mean? Telling me Kevin Durant won't come here? Because why won't he come here? If you trade for him, he doesn't have a choice. I'm, I'm just at my wits end with this, oh, I'm so tired, we never win. Stop acting like that. Hold your owner to a higher standard. Stop buying tickets. Stop buying terrible highlighter yellow jerseys. If you're so fed up with it, like look at the comments. Look at the comments. I will just read a couple of these comments and it's like, like Kurt Valente is the perfect example of this. And Kurt, I don't know if you're wh- wh- what you're a fan of. Kevin Durant for who? Utah has nothing. Oh, really? Utah has nothing. They don't have a slew of first-round picks they got from Minnesota. They don't have a Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, like two of the better young big guys in the league. Uh, uh, I think what what Kessler was the eighth pick in the draft. Oh, they have nothing. You, you should flip on the NBA once in a while. Yeah, that's not true. They don't have nothing. That's absolutely not true. Like, it's amazing to me. Like, it, it, I just don't understand it. Kurt Meyer says, will KD play in Utah? Why ask that question? Because I think it's a really relevant question. See, I don't. Well, that's what, your what opinion. Is, what that's is he going to do? He what is, is he going to do? What he's doing now, you're, you're turned off to the idea 
that if you trade for Kevin Durant and you execute that trade and he's on your roster, he's on your cap, that trade's done, what happens then if he sits out? Then what? You're not paying him. You get an exemption from the NBA and you take what that money. What exemption would that be? What, like, what, you, what? you get salary cap. If a guy sits out and refuses to play, which Kevin Durant is not going to do under any circumstance. There's not a circumstance in the world where that's going to happen. There's not a circumstance in the world. I'm telling you now, as sure as I am sitting here, Kevin Durant, if you trade for him, is not going to sit out. Why? Because he's doing that now and what's happening? He's pulling this trash now and what he's getting crushed. Yeah. He orchestrated this move to Brooklyn, man. What are we talking about? You can't do this. He cannot do this. It's not possible. It's not happening. If you trade for him, you would have talked to him. That would have happened. Kevin Durant, the other thing that everybody forgets is Kevin Durant's a businessman. Kevin Durant is a, is a businessman who happens to be one of the best basketball players in the world. And if Kevin Durant comes here, he's, he smartly knows that he will make more money here. He will not get shut out. It will not be the end of his career. He gets that. Do you think Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant don't know each other? You want, hey, hey, Dwayne Wade's in your organization now. And okay, great. Let's use that. Let's use, there's no reason not to trade for this guy. There's no reason not to make that phone call. It really bothers me. It, it's a pet peeve of mine, in case you can't tell, because I rarely get this fired up. But it's a pet peeve of mine that we play this small market mentality when it suits us. I don't think that... I don't think that asking the question of would Kevin Durant play for the Utah Jazz, I don't think that that's a small market mentality. I think saying all the all the stuff about like, you know, the Jazz don't have anything or like, you know, any of that stuff, you know, that we're getting in the comments, that's small market stuff. But I, but I think that, you know, whether it's Kevin Durant or I, I mean, I'd be asking the same questions about Kyrie Irving. I would ask the same questions about certain guys in the, like Ben Simmons. I, like I don't think Ky there's any. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving. And this is Ben Simmons, great example. Compare Ben Simmons to Kevin Durant. The only difference is Ben Simmons, with all due respect, not trying to hate on the guy, used mental illness and his struggle to justify why he was sitting out. Like, that's what happened. Forget why. Doesn't matter. Ben Simmons refused to play basketball for the Brooklyn Nets. Refused. Did Kevin Durant at any point during the James Harden, Kyrie Irving, any place in his career, has Kevin Durant ever refused to play basketball anywhere? No. Never. Did he ever make the, 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 the dirty laundry in Golden State public? Never. Never. He's learning a lesson very hard right now that you cannot do what he does. By the way, a little bit of breaking news out of the tennis world. Serena Williams uh, says the countdown has begun and she will retire after the U.S. Open. So an end of an era in tennis, by the way. Now, having said that, if you're just joining the show and I see a bunch of you are just coming onto the show, we're talking about this situation with Kevin Durant um, and his situation with um, Brooklyn and their owner, Joe Sy. Joe Sy, the latest news from ESPN is Joe Sy and Kevin Durant met in London and Kevin Durant told Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, hey, you want me? You have to fire Sean Marks, your general manager, and Steve Nash, your head coach. It's me or them. And Josiah has taken sides with Sean Marks and his head coach, Steve Nash. And now they are going to continue to effort a trade for Kevin Durant. 
And I think Kevin Durant is well aware that this is killing his legacy. I mean, if you look at Kevin Durant is one thing that we know, soft mentally when it comes to Twitter and, and taking criticism. Mm -hmm. And Twitter lit him up yesterday. I think in, in the conversation we're having right now is should the Utah Jazz trade for Kevin Durant? And I would tell you unequivocally, without a doubt, yes, the Utah Jazz should make that phone call. And if you make if you can make a deal, go make that trade. Yeah. I'd absolutely do that. But I would say the exact same thing about the New York Knicks as well. How are the New York Knicks not Look, trying to make that deal? It's easy, logically speaking, to sell yourself on why you should trade for Kevin Durant. But but the fact is, is the ramifications of trading for Kevin Durant are heavy and the stakes are high. Yes, and if are. you trade for Kevin Durant and you're an absolute bust of a team that doesn't get past the Western Conference Finals, you're going to look like an idiot. Because the truth is, right now for the Utah Jazz, you're in the driver's seat. You are in a prime position to build a team that can win for like five years in a row. That's that's where you are. Danny has control. The cap is in a good place. you know. And, and again, yeah, I agree with all the stuff you'd have to move and the money and everything. You wouldn't be in a bad place trading for Kevin. Like, the money would work fine. Your cap would probably be in a fine position. Like, you wouldn't be in some terrible spot. But I just, I don't know, man. I'm a Kevin Durant guy. Been a Kevin Durant guy since he played at Texas, bro. That's when I discovered him. Yep. And and I love Kevin. I Particularly, I started to go downhill with it when he joined Golden State and all that stuff happened. But I, I just think that this Brooklyn situation is putting him in a bad light. And yes, you're right. He can't sit out, really. He has to play. Yeah, great. But I'm not interested in wasting my time on a malcontent and Kevin Durant who is yeah, I, who is not about it. Like, I don't I'm not. see him that way. I don't see him like Kyrie. I don't see him well, like... Well, we're starting you... to see Kyrie-esque behavior. We're starting to see... I don't think see... you are. Well, I, think, I think until yesterday's news came out, I think he had handled this very well. He went to the owner and he said, this is my situation. I'd like to be traded. The owner then came out and said, we're going to work with Kevin to move him on to a destination that he would find favorable and we're going to do the best we can. And then things got contentious because the Brooklyn Nets refused to take anybody's trade offer. And I think Kevin got frustrated with that, went back to the owner and said, hey, if you want me to stay here, you're going to have to you're going to have to fire Sean Marks and and Steve Nash. And I think he I think that was not a situation where he was willing to do that. And I think that that's a situation where Joe Sy I think absolutely got the got it right. And I think that that's what you should do is I apologize I'm removing more dots bots from our <laughs> channel. But I'm I'm shocked by the comments. Like Teddy Wayman, who's a Utah guy, says, I'm sorry, but KD's not going to play in Utah. Kurt Valenti says, I like that. You sign a max deal, you can't be traded for three years. Yeah, and and frankly, I agree with that. I think that's how it should be. And I, and I said this last week, LeBron deserves a lot of credit for this side of the conversation. Does anybody realize that LeBron's never opted out of a contract? He's never left early. Like, he's never signed a contract for multiple years and left two years in. That's never happened in LeBron's career. He's never done what Kevin Durant's doing. And I think LeBron deserves credit for that, man. He has always held true to his commitments, even in Lakerland with how brutal that was last year. You notice there was never a trade demand. There was never, hey, I want out or any of that stuff. Now, does LeBron well, do stuff true. behind the scenes? Yeah, he does. We all know that. He looks like an idiot now for what he did with the Westbrook situation instead of taking John Wall. But that's part of doing business. So, that's why I say I, I I agree with that comment. I think if you sign 
And I think it should be player specific. I don't think it should be on the organization. Hey, if you're going to sign a max deal, a super max deal with with a team, Devin Booker, you cannot leave Phoenix uh, on, until you've played three years of that five years. That I think that that's a perfectly reasonable situation. I like. I just think that's how it should be. Yeah, I because yeah. we wouldn't be here right now if the, if there was better legislation, if you will, but, in the league. But by the way, having said this, this is a players' league, wow. and the players should have some modicum of control over their over their destiny. But when you sign that max deal, I think you you have responsibility there. Uh, Kurt Valenti said no, but LeBron held teams hostage. He basically did one year deals with the threat of leaving if he doesn't uh, like what the team does. But that's but that's different. That's the game. That's different. That's the game. That's different. Yeah, that's that's what they, you know, to me, that's what the league signed up for. That is fair negotiation. That is that is LeBron saying I'm the best player in the league at that time. Yes. in Cleveland. Hey, let's do a one year deal and let's see what we get done. If we don't, if 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 you know, David Griffin is not willing to do what he needs to do, then then I'm going to leave. Like, that's what it is. I, I just, man. Like, free agency at the end of a contract is different than trying to leverage your way out of a commitment you made. And that's the thing in the NBA. These contracts for players like Kevin Durant, because you're not hearing this out of any low-end players. The only guys no. doing this are the top end of the league. Yeah. So, so when you're the Kevin Durant of the, you know, the Kevin Durant's of the world, you think that you can just do whatever you want. And my point is, is while, yes, you can basically do whatever you want, when you are signing that level of deal and the Nets gave up as, you know, give up all this stuff and go a completely different direction to accommodate you, you can't just come in and then just stab them in the back two seasons in. Yeah, and I, I think the other issue is, is that the Nets now are starting to realize they've, A, got to make this deal happen. You cannot bring him back to training camp. And B... You don't have a lot of leverage here because you don't you are you are strapped. Yeah. You don't have cap space, you don't have draft capital like you, I mean you are strapped. You have that's why I'm telling you the jet there's a deal to be done with the Jazz and the Nets. There is a deal to be done and again I just want to say I see a lot of people talking about me freaking out and like I don't get passionate about many things. But the state of Utah is something I'm passionate about. You've got to stop playing the little brother card. You have to stop doing it. We do it with BYU. We do it with Utah. We're clearly doing it with the Jazz. Like, you've got to stop being the victim and you got to start being the victor. It Like, you didn't bring Danny Ainge here to go and draft but BW. How would, but this, and, and, and I want to add on to that point. How would anybody know that who like you're I'm talking about your your just your average Joe Jazz fan as an example. You're nine to five, guy who doesn't cover sports, who's not like us. How would anybody who buys four or five games a year know that you brought Danny Ainge in not to to rebuild? How would anybody know that? Ryan hasn't said anything, Danny hasn't said anything, Justin said one thing, Donovan hasn't said anything, like nothing. Right, and I don't want to get into the whole. Well, the media won't press them. I, 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 like, yeah, that's a conversation, but that I'm not here for that today. All I'm saying is the Utah Jazz haven't defined what they're actually doing, and that's what I think is part of the reason that Jazz fans do the little brother thing. 
Yeah, I agree. Richard uh, McDonald says, I hope we get to keep Donnie. I just like the guy. He's been great for Utah. He's been engaged with the community. He's a class act, but more than all that, I like watching him ball. Yeah, I agree. Dead Collector says, uh, great take, Monty. Act like the big boys and you'll be treated that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Naval gazing, it stinks. Uh, okay. Okay. Jumpman James says, hell yeah, great point. Uh, Kane Nuren says, yes, go get him. James Knight says, calm down, Karen. Oh, I have a not yes, calm yes, down yes. Karen story coming up later. Fat Jesus says, do you think KD will sit out if traded to Utah? I do not. I don't think there's in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he... Yeah, I think the odds are low that he would sit out. I do. But I think it's a, it's it's something... It's a risk that you have to keep on the radar. I mean, you have to... you any Moving forward from Brooklyn, any team that trades for Kevin Durant has to be cognizant of, hey, he could leave. He could demand a trade. He could sit out. He could do anything that these guys do. Because the other side of it is, and I know you're like, hey, he's not going to walk away from all this money. But my brain, what my brain tells me is, hey, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. The guy is wealthy beyond wealthy. Like, like, uh, not to say he doesn't care about making that money yeah. every year, but I, would anybody be surprised if tomorrow we heard that he got traded to some team and then he pitches a fit on Twitter. Like nobody would be surprised by that. And that's what I'm I concerned about, bro. I would. I think I see. And maybe this is just me again. I overvalue the guy, but Kevin Durant's a wildly intelligent human. Is he though? Yes. Is he though? Cause if he yes. was wildly intelligent, he wouldn't have believed in some Jamoke in Kyrie. He wouldn't have gone to Brooklyn. Like it was a dumb move from the beginning. And I, everybody knew I it actually was. don't think it was a dumb move. I think that Kevin Durant wanted a shot to build something and he failed. But what entrepreneur doesn't want a shot at what they want and a chance to build it? Kevin Durant took a shot at that. I respect that. He took advantage of the culture in the NBA. He wanted to build something, and he tried, and he failed. And he failed. One, he didn't stay healthy, and two, he married up to a bunch of fools, right? But I'm not going to ding him for trying, especially in the in the the framework of the NBA system. I'm not doing I that. I ding him for believing in Kyrie Irving. Okay, he picked the wrong people. That doesn't mean Kevin Durant's unintelligent. Kevin Durant is a smart, smart guy. He is a savvy, savvy guy. And I think that he understands now he has to do what has to be done, not what he wants to get done. He is sometimes in this life, and there's always a change in the world. And it's usually when you leave college, you figure out, well, now I got to do what I have to do instead of what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant's in that spot. Now you got to do what you have to do, not what you want to do. Uh, Alex Chacon says Kessler was the 21st pick. Wasn't he the 22nd pick? 22nd pick. I, I don't know. I think I said 8th pick. Yeah, you did. 22nd pick. It doesn't pick. matter, dude. 22nd pick. It literally pick. doesn't matter. Tom Basilis says this is forced outrage. Kevin wouldn't want to come to Utah once he saw the fan outrage about him coming to Utah. There's not a Jazz fan who would be outraged Kevin Durant's coming to Utah. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting that. I have yeah. no idea what you're yeah, talking that about. Doesn't, that, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not here for that. Like, that, that is where I you lose me. Yeah. Alex Chacon says, but I say try your damnedest to trade for him and make a real run at a championship. That's the Look, thing that you got to do. Listen, if you're in the comments and you're cool with it, if you're, if you're of the mind of, hey, like, just go for it, and if it burns out, great, you know, we would have sucked anyway. Okay, I can get down with that. But I'm not, I'm not here for, hey, you know, well, how could they have traded for Kevin and they knew he was going to sit out? I, I, I'm just, I, I just don't want to have that conversation, man. I, I'm not interested in, 
in the, well, before Kevin, we had all these assets and we were in a great place. Then we gave all that away to get Kevin Durant, who now is demanding a trade and we got to move them. And, and yeah, sure, you could get assets back, but you're in the same situation the Nets are, which is you're going to get fleeced. I don't care what the That's Nets right. have to say. You're That's not right. getting what you want for Kevin Durant now. You're, I mean, you're going to get value, That of hurts course, you so but, much. But, like, the, the league knows you got to trade this guy. It's over for you. And this is the hard part. When you are, I think this is why Minnesota did what it did. They pushed all their chips in because when you see, when you let other teams around you, the Big 12, go and do things, yeah. ultimately, you're no longer in control of your destiny. Yeah. The minute that, that Rudy Gobert got traded, the Nets lost any leverage at all to do this. The minute that Danny got that deal for, for Rudy Gobert, the Knicks were in real trouble trying to get Donovan Mitchell. Right? Like you, you, you cannot, if you are the Brooklyn Nets, the minute you said you would make an earnest effort to trade him, you should have made an earnest effort to trade him because I don't think they did. Mm -hmm. I don't think they did. I think they tried to get a King's ransom and DeAndre Ayton screwed him. I think the Nets gambled and lost. I think they gambled and lost. And that's why July 1st on this show, when we were live talking about Rudy Gobert, what happened that day? We were hearing from multiple NBA sources, hey, the Jazz are really close on a DeAndre Ayton The verbiage trade. was it could be moments away. Don't like We had an NBA guy saying, hey, keep doing your show. This trade's going to happen right now. And then it didn't happen. And why is that? Because the Suns got greedy. And the Nets got greedy on Kevin Durant. And now where are we? The Suns are done. They're handcuffed because they had to pay DeAndre Ayton. The Nets still have Kevin Durant. And the Jazz are exactly where they need to be. You know. With options to do whatever they want. And now, if and if if my NBA guy that was texting me earlier is right, and 20 teams have called the Nets since Kevin Durant, this situation came out yesterday, the Nets are screwed. The Nets are going to take significantly less than they would have taken a month ago when Kevin Durant demanded a trade. More bots, bro. More bots. Sorry, man. bro. I'm sorry. Like, we try to, we really try to, like, police that there's no we have zero control of that yeah we have zero control of that so what i do here is i the only thing we hide from this channel is bots and we report them yeah so my bad anyway talking about whether or not the utah jazz should uh try to acquire kevin durant um jc destroys ankles where you been dude yeah where you been buddy he leaves us a five dollar tip good to see you again my friend he says we would be smart to try and get kd with don and try to develop walker kessler around them totally agree totally agree and i think that that's exactly what you have to try and do you have to try and do that um let's see dead collector says kd wants to play for a contender of the jazz a contender if we're able to trade for him absolutely yeah i mean you are and that's yes. the thing like i i do agree that you have a strong trade package for kevin and you have a strong sales pitch because that's ultimately what it is you have to storytell kevin durant and get him to believe in in the message which is hey we've got donovan mitchell you're going to be the guy here like it's like it, it's going to be good and i think that you know yeah, I think you would be a contender. Absolutely. I don't see any reason why you can't be a contender if you trade for him. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting reading, you know, reading the tea leaves in these situations. Let's run through this and we'll get to the non-sports stories. We went way late yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Well, like I did. People were like, oh, you're going to do this show every every day, four hours? No. We, no. Uh, KL8N, Aiton, Clayton, 
Clayton. Is that Clayton? K-L, the number eight N. Clayton. Yeah, Clayton. Clayton. That's pretty damn good, Clayton. Yeah. Monty's 100% right. You have to act and think like a franchise we want to be. If we act like we're the Utah Mormons, the league players will continue to see us that way. Fake it until you make it. Only path. Hondo P. God bless. Hondo P. Uh, Kurt Valenti says, funniest thing I've heard, Kessler, Vanderbilt, and picks for KD. This is a comedy show. Okay. Well, okay. then. Cool, man. If you think it's a comedy show, then then whatever, man. But I'm just telling you, like, the the Jazz have more than enough assets to go and get Kevin Durant. Like, and if you think otherwise, you need to do your homework. I don't know why the Knicks wouldn't do it. Like, like well, just sitting and, and, here but, thinking but listen, through my listen, mind. Listen, it, there's no reason for any team not to do it. Like, any team that can go and get Kevin is going to try and get Kevin. Like that. That's what we need to understand here. But but I also think that that that's what makes this such a tough situation. For the Nets, this is what did we hear the first time? Oh well, they got all these offers, and you know it was a week of offers, and now we got to go through all these offers, and now what is it? Oh well, now we've got twenty phone calls in the last twenty-four hours, and everybody wants Kevin, and so like Mark just has to decide where do I want to trade this guy? What do I want to do? You know, like I'm 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 a little burned out on on this Nets situation. They've held up the entire league. You know, they're they're holding up several deals in Lakerland. Like, the league needs this situation to play itself out. Be done with it. Make the deal. Move on. Like, there's no reason, in my opinion, that a Kevin Durant deal couldn't be done by the end of the week. No reason. You've got plenty of people calling you. It, you have all the cap space information you need on every team in the league. You know, it's a quick conversation and put it through. Like, why would this not be done by the end by the end of the week, dude? Yeah, I don't know. You know, just sitting here, you know, texting with a couple of NBA guys, I know there there is a belief the Knicks have called on Kevin Durant and have been calling. And one of the reasons I think they don't want to trade, um, they don't want to trade six picks for Donovan Mitchell is I think they'd like to make another move. If you add Kevin Durant to that team and he wins a championship in the garden, I, if you add Kevin Durant, I, I don't know. I don't know that the Knicks are a championship team at that point. Oh, yeah, but. you are. Yeah, you are. You're in the East. You're the East. The path to the championship through the East is way easier. Way easier. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think. Bro, Kevin Durant got to the Eastern Conference Finals and was essentially a shot away from the finals. A toenail away. Like, uh, there's, I have no doubt that if the Knicks acquire Kevin Durant, they're instantly a top four team in the East. Like, that, that's true. Boy, and does that recharge Julius Randle? I mean, yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. But can, you've got Jalen Brunson. You've got RJ Barrett. Are you willing quickly. to get, if you're the Knicks, are you willing to give up? Um, are you willing to give up? Gr yes. That's why they don't want to trade Grimes. Yeah. You're willing to give up. That's Grimes why they don't want to put Grimes. Well, you know what? And that's interesting. And again, I, I, I will caution you. We're just having text conversations with friends of ours, but that's why you don't want to trade Quentin Grimes to the Jazz. Maybe that's true. Maybe they have been working a Leon Rose. I'm telling you is a much savvier uh, operator than people give him credit for. What would you make of the Knicks? If the Knicks are, if the Knicks get Kevin Durant, you really think they can compete with the Bucks? You really think, yes. well, in, in your case, you really think they can compete with the Timberwolves? Yes, I do. For an Eastern come. Anyway, do you really think that like Philly? I mean, Chicago, certainly I think Kevin the Knicks Durant be better. can beat any of those teams. No problem. Like I, I, I'm, I'm just like, we've seen it. Like, I don't, it's not my opinion. We've watched it happen. Like we watched Kevin Durant with Patty Mills, Blake Griffin and Nick Claxton go out and torch these teams. And that was when he wasn't motivated. Now he's motivated 
And you're telling me that if, if he puts on a Knicks uniform and is playing in the garden every night, um, that he doesn't see the opportunity to resurrect his career? Imagine if he's the guy that takes the, net, the Knicks to the NBA Finals for the first time in how long? What, like, you're a, you're the Jesus Christ of basketball in New York City, dude. Like, you're, now you've gone from, you know, some, some malcontent and some drama queen, which is kind of what I feel like he is right now, to, hey, yeah, I moved on from the Brooklyn situation. I came to New York. You know, we had a great time. Like that. Like I, it doesn't get any better than that. I, I think that's a, a a a perfect scenario for Kevin. So I don't know. My main point though is that any team that trades for Kevin Durant is instantly a playoff team at a minimum. You're instantly you know mid table, and I think that all you got to do is put some guys around him that can contribute because Kevin has shown the ability to 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 beat teams like the Bucks. Kevin has shown the ability to 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 push Boston to the limit. You know, I mean that's that's how good this guy is. Obviously it goes without saying. So I yeah, I I think it's a a good idea. I think that any team should call and I I just think that you know, the Utah Jazz have more risk in it because they're not the Knicks, you know, they're they're not in my opinion, they are not uh, a a Los Angeles, a New York, a Chicago. But that yeah. doesn't mean that they shouldn't call. Yeah, and again, I think this Kevin Durant situation is very fluid. It's interesting we talk about this because now you're starting to see how many people are interested. And again, sources in the NBA are telling us that 20 teams have called about Kevin Durant, including the Knicks, who have been calling for some time. I, I think absolutely Brooklyn would trade him to the Knicks. I, I don't have any doubt about that because I think, again, Brooklyn's in a situation where they, they're not writing their own check here. Like, it, it is... They now have to trade Kevin Durant before training camp. Yeah. It's not an option to bring Kevin Durant back to camp with Brooklyn, whether that be in Southern California or in Brooklyn. Um, because remember last year they had that big training camp thing. Yeah. And I think it is no longer an option to have Kevin Durant on this team. I also think, by the way, that this is going to open up some space for Kyrie Irving to get dealt as well. Um, so you're going to see that Brooklyn's going to make a, a deal here. If I'm the Knicks, I'm absolutely trying to beat every other team to Kevin Durant. Because if you look at what's going on in the East, I, I don't know that I can agree that this makes them an Eastern Conference Finals contender. But if I look at what they have now, Jalen Brunson certainly is a guy who plays well in space. He is certainly a guy that if he act Luka Doncic, created opportunities for Luka. And if they can continue to... You know, to build pieces, I think Kevin Durant can't be your final deal to try and put you over the top. I don't know that Kevin Durant and Julius Randle make a good pairing. What does this do to R.J. Barrett's situation? I mean, you'd have to have a lot of these internal discussions satisfied already. But if the if the Knicks truly have been calling on Kevin Durant for some time since he originally demanded a trade, which is what we're being told, if that in fact is what's happening with Kevin Durant in the in the Knicks and the Nets. My guess is that's why Quentin Grimes isn't available to the Jazz. And by the way, I would also remind you that we were told last week that Quentin Grimes was at one point available to the Jazz. Now he is not. So something shifted there, and maybe this timeline makes a lot more sense now looking at what's going on with Kevin Durant and Josiah yesterday. Maybe that makes a lot more sense. You yeah. know, like it yeah. to me, yep. that's a value proposition. If you are the New York Knicks, I, I don't know how you're not all over that. I really don't. All right. Uh, Warren Franklin, good morning to you. CWC Jazz only have DM to trade for Kevin Durant. 
No, that's not true. That I would that's totally disagree true, with that. Dude. Because the Nets, the Nets are going to have to tear it down whether they want to or not. Because now you're going to trade Kevin Durant. You only have a one-year deal with Kyrie Irving. He has opted into a player uh, option for one year. He's unrestricted at the end of this year. You're going to trade Kyrie Irving. So that, by nature, means you are rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you just signed Claxton to a long deal like, you're going to go young here. You're going to rebuild. So you're not necessarily in a place where you're looking for a veteran superstar in return. You're going to have to figure out how to make the salaries work, which is going to be the most challenging part of this. Do you, if you're the Jazz, would you trade Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley to get Kevin Durant in some form of a deal? My guess is you would absolutely do that. I think you would absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, let's see, uh, JC destroys Anko say, Oh, and it looks like you got to kill some bots by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. We've had some, uh, quite a bit. We've had some bots all up in this channel this morning. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Valenti says the nets will never trade Katie to the Knicks. They can't. We'll see. Um, JC destroys ankles says that, uh, dead collector, you know, Spida and KD is a contender. 100%. Yeah, it is. Yep. Uh, Warren Franklin says, let's go Knicks. Tom uh, Basilis, Basilius, I always get that wrong, Tom, sorry, says, why would any ownership want a player like KD? Well, he's the best scorer in the world. That's why you would want him. Um, Brandon Butler says, no risk, no reward, Jake. Resolve V says, Brooklyn wants a player on the caliber of Jalen Brown. They don't want Walker Kessler. Well, you're not trading <sighs> patience. You're not trading Walker Kessler straight up for Kevin Durant. You're not doing that. But does Boston have the goods to make that trade 1v1? And if you're going to trade Kevin Durant, do you really want him in the Eastern Conference? No. You probably don't. You probably don't. But if I'm Boston, I'm calling again. If I'm the Knicks, I'm calling again. I'm trying to get that deal done the best I can. You're not trading Kevin Durant for Walker Kessler straight up. Like that, come on. Get with the program. Get with the program. Resolve also says Rockets own the Nets pick. Doesn't matter how many picks Utah gives them. Houston can swap their picks for theirs for the next five years. Yeah, so let screw it. Let's not do a deal. You know what? Just keep Kevin Durant. We can't get picks. Like uh, Justin Solis. Good morning, Justin. Good to see you. I think the NBA owners will try and take back some of the power they haven't had uh, to the players thanks to players like Harden, Simmons, and Durant. I agree with that. Absolutely. Kay Nuren, yes, Katie and Don would get Utah to a championship. We'll, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Uh, Al Chacon says, we have to stop letting uh, signing a washed-up old Joe Johnson be good enough for us. Yes, thank you. Sign a guy in his prime. That's Kevin Durant. Uh, Mr. Vargas says, if Utah trades for KD, he will probably play one year, do the All-Star game, then financial opportunity for him in the Jazz. Yeah, that'd be a good financial opportunity. I would agree. Justin Salas, I think the NBA will try to take back some of the power. Did I not just, did that get doubled up in there? It must have. Uh, Ew, 2K says, everything is negotiable. Professional sports contracts aren't performance contracts. They're exclusivity contracts. Unless you're Kevin Durant, then you're not really exclusive. So, we'll yeah. See. Erica Schultz says, when does the NBA CBA expire? I think they have an option that they can... Um, in November, they they have to exercise an option, which everybody roundly expects them to do. Clayton says, players do pay for their selfish moves. Harden, Simmons, Kyrie, those guys went full spoiled brat. Now they own that image. 
these guys care about their legacy. KD would play to win if we got him. I think he would. And again, these guys are all prove-it guys now. Like, Carden, Kyrie, KD, all these guys have to have big years. Yeah. Have to have big... Russell Westbrook has to have a big year. Yeah. Has to. Kay Duren says, if KD sits out, we will still get a number one pick. Yeah. Yeah. Neville 93, know these Utah fans make things look like we're little people because we never got a championship in the state, but only if they knew that Jazz are going to change everything. I think they will. I think they will. Kanai Johnson, it's win-win for the Jazz. Erica Schultz says, if we can keep Don, Danny should try to trade for KD, then all Don trade talk stops too. I would agree. I don't think you trade Kevin Durant for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. If that's what it's, it takes, I don't think you do that. And again, my guess is this is a three-team trade, by the way. I don't see any way you make that 1v1 for anybody. Can you recap the college talk, please? Thanks, guys. Zesty retro and games. If you just go back to the beginning, if you just hit rewind, yeah, it's easier to do it that way. It's way easier that way. Dead Collector says, I'd love to see KD and DM on the court together, wouldn't we all? Yeah. Dwayne Boone. Dwayne says, As long as Utah makes the playoffs, then KD will play every playoff game with Utah. I would agree with that. I would totally agree with that. I just think there's so many of you guys commenting this morning. I really appreciate that. Riley O'Brien says casual bots. Yeah, casuals. Exactly. Dead Collector says bring Ingles back. No, man, that ship is sailed. That ship is sailed. Let me get some uh, some other ones in here. Dwayne Boone says Utah needs at least two All-Stars since they're hosting the All-Star game. Well, that was the rumor, wasn't it? Uh, Top Junkie says if the deal does not get done between Utah and Brooklyn, could Cy get the same package for KD that Ainge is asking for Donovan Mitchell? Cy may have just screwed Danny. Well, he may have. I, he may have. You know, I, I just, yeah, I, that's a really good question. Yeah. I don't know. Eric and Raleigh says, trade Durant back to OKC. How funny would that be? <laughs> uh, Dead Collector says, the Jimma is the best scorer in the world. KD said so. Yeah, the J-I-M-M-E-R scores the ball pretty easily. Hey, guys. You know. Uh, Zesty Retro says, okay, sorry about that. Appreciate you guys for everything you do. No, you're good, Zesty. I just think it's easier instead of us recapping. You could go back and watch the show live. And you just get the full conversation that way. You know, you get the full, you know, instead of getting a two-minute thing, you get a full set, which is way better. Okay, can we finally get to non-sports? It's yeah. already 8.42. Get to the Karen story. Let's go. That's what the people want. Okay. After you go to any of the five barbecue pit Let's stops go. in uh, Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Murray, slash Salt Lake City, and St. George, uh, make sure that you absolutely get in there. Fill out the uh, the enter to win slip, and uh, you too could be entered to win a trip um, for two to see uh, BYU and Notre Dame at Allegiant Stadium. Everybody say good morning to Mrs. Monty. Good morning. Too far zoomed out, but there you go. Good morning, Mrs. Monty. Let me turn your microphone up. So how was your banking experience yesterday? Dear God. I... I've never had this experience in the 30 years that I've been buying my own cars. Um, And we, the most recent, the Jeep that we just recently bought, we financed through America First Credit Union, which um, there's a branch nearby. We thought that's nice. That makes it easy. We set up our online payments. Everything's good. When we bought the car, you submit your insurance proof. And... It was about June, I want to say, well, actually, yeah, about June when we started getting letters saying, hey, we need your insurance information. So the first letter we got, Tim responded and uploaded some information. The second letter we got, we called our insurance agent. They they called. 
we uploaded more information. The third letter that we got, I was like, what the hell's going on that you still need my insurance information? Right. And this time they were saying that it looks like there's a gap from when we bought the car April uh, 7th to what our insurance was showing, which was our renewal for June 8th. Okay. The new policy so six-month period started on June 8th. They outsource their insurance verification. So we've done everything. And even all the way up last week, I got another letter and I thought, what the hell? I called my insurance agent. I talked to them. What do they need? I uploaded three more documents, a whole year worth of policy. So uh, let's and get this right. I've called. You've called. Our insurance agent's called. Our insurance agent's assistant called. We've uploaded everything. Our, everything. Like they want your coverage page. We I uploaded that. They wanted... Our insurance agent's assistant essentially uploaded our entire policy to them. Um, they wanted verification that we've we've been like I'm an American Family Insurance customer. They wanted verification that we had been with them for at least 12 months. We uploaded that. Like all these crazy requests. The last letter that we got also said, "Hey, if you don't get this to us, we might charge you for an insurance policy to make sure that your asset was covered." I'm for real. So I called and said, "Hey." I uploaded all this stuff. Every time I've uploaded it, they text you to say, hey, they got it and it's good. They to go. Happened three times. The last time I uploaded all the things and then I called. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. First off, she says, oh, well, I see that there's some documents that haven't been reviewed. That's probably every single document that we've uploaded over the last month. But okay, go that? ahead and check that out. Two months, actually. She took a look. Yeah, yeah, we're good. No, no worries. Everything's fine. And then Friday rolls around, and I go and check the mail. And uh -oh. now there's three letters. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. One of them says that they've now applied a premium of $1,300 to our loan. Forced placed insurance. It's called forced placed forced insurance. Placed. Yeah. And it is a $13,000 total premium. Oh, I thought it was $1,300. No, 13000 and the 1300 is part of a service fee. So we thought this was taken care of last Thursday. So yesterday I'm up in uh, Casa de Monte kitchen making those wonderful wings that I smoked on my Traeger smoker mm -hmm. that I didn't bake in an electric oven. Right. Idiot. Um, and my phone rang. And it was a collections company. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, uh, we're calling about your forced placed insurance with um, America First Credit Union. We show that you owe a payment of $1,300. How would you like to handle that today? And I'm like, what? So I go round and round with this lady and she's like, yeah, you have to call this other number. I'm only here to take your payment. How would you like to make that payment today? And I, I, I was totally Karen Montemayor about it. I was like being a jerk about it. Mm -hmm. So she hung up on me. And so I called them back and the lady at America first, after being on hold for 10 minutes, first of all, they were like, wait, we have too many calls. We'll call you back. Yeah. You're in a queue and they put for you like in a queue. 45 minutes. In the meantime, I call the insurance people back again. Hey, what the hell? We talked already last week. You told me everything was fine and apparently it's not fine. The lady goes through, oh, there's some documents here. Haven't been reviewed. Let me take a look. <clears throat> and then she's like, yeah, everything's fine. You have a credit for that. And 
Yeah, and then uh, it turns out it's not fine. So two hours later, when they're like, oh, it'll be 26 to 48 minutes or something stupid like that. Two hours later, my phone rings. And the lady's like, yeah, you're in, you're, you're, well, you know, um, you're in collections. And I'm like, okay, so why are we in collections? Because you owe $1,300. Do you want to pay that right now? <laughs> and so we go through this whole thing and she just stopped listening. So finally I said, okay, I'd like to talk to your supervisor, Karen Montemayor. <laughs> right? And then... So I had to wait 10 more minutes. A supervisor gets on the phone and she's like, well, I see that you don't have proper coverage on the vehicle since you purchased it. And so we had to place you with our force placed insurance third party provider. And that initial payment's $1,300. And I'm like, okay, listen, we were told Thursday, we went through the whole thing. And she's like, well, I see there's some documents that haven't been reviewed. But yeah, we did, we, you know, well, I, um, I'm like, okay, so let me get this right. Are there any notes on the account? No, not that I see. We've been trying to reach you, but we haven't been able to talk with you about this. And that's where I lost my, my mind. I was like, okay, listen, I've called you. Me. My wife's called you. My insurance agents called you. Like everybody's called you. I personally uploaded this page that they wanted that shows all your coverages. Like, and the lady says to me, well, I show that it wasn't, you know, done in the 14 day grace period. And I was like, okay, so what is that 14-day grace period about? And she's like, well, you have to have your own insurance within 14 days. I'm like, we actually had insurance the moment that the car was purchased from the dealership. We go round and round. So eventually I get this lady and I'm like, so you're telling me, because she said, well, we didn't, you're not in collections. I'm like, I got a call from a collections department today. She's like, no, see, we were just doing you a favor and calling you and telling you that your payment's 12 days late for $1,300 and we're just, it's a service we offer. I'm like, so wait, wait, just let me get this right. You're telling me I'm not in collections. Well, it's a service that I said, no. I asked you a direct question. Are we in collections? And she's like, well, it's, you know, we're um, trying to help. Um, she won't say it. And I'm like, so the person who called me is on a helper department not the collections department. Um, well, no, what she does is she calls people who are late on their payments. Um, I said, so she's collecting payments. She's in, and she said, okay, well, those are your words. We don't call it collections here. Um, That's the level of conversation America First Credit Union was having with us. And so finally, I said to this lady, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want to, like, I, I said, who is your supervisor? She's the director of customer service for the company. Super. And I was like, all right, cool. I'd like to talk to her. I'll wait. Well, she'll call you back within 48 to 70. No, I'm going to wait. And so we go round and round. And finally, she's like, okay, let me see if I can reach her. And she puts me on hold. She comes back like five minutes later. And she's like, yeah, she's just wrapping up a call. She'll be right with you. But I want to make sure that we're on the same page. And I said, you know. no, 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 no. We're not talking about this. No, no, no. Because... You already had your chance. Well, I never said that we sent you to collections, sir. And I was like, no, I'm done with this conversation. I don't want to talk to you anymore. She puts me on hold. The lady, the, the, this head of customer service gets on the phone. And she's like, oh, okay. So what? And she says to me, hey, I understand you're upset about some issues related to your delinquency. 
Usa. And I was like, are you being serious right now? And I, I asked her, I said, so you don't know anything that I'm calling about? And she's like, yeah, well, I, you know, this forced place in Sherman's policy. And I said, so I just want to ask you straight away, are we in collections? Yes, you're in collections. And I was like, okay, good. At least we understand the language we're speaking. And I said, why are we in collections? Because you haven't, you, your vehicle is uninsured. So we had to go to our third party forced place insurance vendor. And I'm like, well, you understand that we've had insurance since the day we bought the car. Well, we don't see that here. And so I said to her, we've provided you all this, this insurance. She's like, yeah, I see there's unread documents. We haven't reviewed those documents. It's yet. incredible to me. How many, how many people have said that? That's like the catchphrase. And so I said to her, why don't you review the documents? And so she goes through the whole thing and she, she finally acquiesces. And she's like, yeah, I see that you, you have provided proof of insurance. Um, but unfortunately, the refund process takes 14 to 21 days, at which point you're going to be 30 days past due on your payment. So if you'd like to pay the $1,300, I'm here to do that for you. I'm like, so wait. And I really went kind of like right at it. I was like, so wait, you want me to pay you $1,300 I don't owe you? And you're not going to refund it to me. It's through a third-party vendor that I'm going to have to go fight with. And you think I should pay this day. If you were me, you would pay it. And she said, yeah, my credit's really important to me. Is your credit score not important oh to you? Oh, my God, dude. Good Lord. And so we went round and round. And finally, she, at the end of the day, agreed. She would, ref she would not have me pay it. She would note the account. And she said, you have my word that this is not going to hit your credit. You have my word that you're current. I am looking at your account. I updated it. It is current. You do not have a past due balance. And I said to this lady right before I hung up on her, I said, why did it take me a month and a half and four hours today to get this accomplished? And she's like, I don't know, sir, but it's all taken care of. Can I help you with anything else? And I just hung up on her. I'll never do business with that again. Yeah. Now, I, will I mean, never, it's truly I just an incredible, incredible story. And y'all can tell me I'm Karen Montemayor and I make too much of a big deal. Oh, more bots in the chat. Here's the other thing. As the, as the lady in the house, I am so tired of creditors treating me like I'm not important, but my husband is because he's got testicles. There's some reason that he should have better credit scores and should be the primary on accounts and shit. Right. Well, you, like, the key word there was I have testicles. It, it is infuriating that when I call, they are questioning who the primary is on the account. And, and they're like, what's his name? And then once it turns out that I, I give them his name and she's like, that's not the primary. What's your name? Britt. Oh, you're the prime. Why'd you say his? Why are you asking? Why am I not the important? If we are co-borrowers on an account, we should be equal on the account. But, I am but, done. But, but you don't have testicles. Can you measure it? Like it is infuriating. It is infuriating. You care at all what my gender is well, if my credit is good. Well, because they didn't care about your gender when they wrote the loan for you, mm. right? Like we're co-borrowers on this loan. I, I and I think you know what? Sadly, one of the things that changed her tune is I said to her. You need to understand that if this if this dings my credit, because I have perfect credit, 
I have perfect credit. Like over 800 perfect credit. I said to her, you better understand if this stings my credit, I will sue you. I will get a lawyer and I will sue you. She's like, well, if it happens to go, I said, there is no happens to go. If you ding my credit, I will sue you. And she's like, well, we don't need to use that kind of inflammatory language. And I'm like, if you wreck my credit for something that I handled. And one of the things I asked these people was, so tell me exactly what I've done wrong here. How is this at all my fault? Because the, the one lady kept saying, well, it's your responsibility to make sure that the proper insurance coverage is on the vehicle at all times. And she wouldn't say that they, it was their fault in any way, shape, or form. And all of this because they didn't read documents that they required us to upload. And so I said to her, hey, I will sue you if this damages my credit in the least. She's like, well, if in the end it turns out, blah, 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 we'll retract it from your credit. I'm like, I don't care. I, it doesn't matter if you retract it. You can't unwind the watch. You, you, it doesn't matter. You're saying that my payment is 12 days past due. And it's not. Like we have auto pay with them. Like I don't even think about my car yeah. payment, thankfully. We have auto pay. So there's that There's that whole thing. Yeah, dude. I, I just think it's it, it, it's definitely predatory. That is the word to use. The, oh, no, no. There's it's no predatory. doubt about totally that. Is. Yeah. They, they make it where you can't succeed. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. And it's all to drive fees. Yeah. Yes. And I will tell you, I my my banking is through Wells Fargo. And this like is the really of, fascinating thing. Wells Fargo has one of the worst reputations for consumer fraud. Like they opened up fake accounts in people's names. I've never had one problem with Wells Fargo. You know who I've always had problem with? Credit unions like this. The small guy who I just think it's amazing they can't communicate. Their organization is small and they can't communicate. And you, they tell you, you have to upload these documents. And they don't read what you upload. I've never had this problem. It's amazing. Every car that I've ever bought, they've never had me upload documents. It's, nope. hey, who's your agent? Great. That's it. Usually, I had like, this I had this problem with one other lender, Toyota Financial. Yes. And I, I, I bought, a, I bought a, an SR5 Tacoma. And it was absolutely the worst experience I've ever had. Like, Toyota wants you to be 30 days ahead. They're going to pay. They want you to pay 30 days ahead so that you're always up a car payment. So they call you and they texted me every two weeks. Hey, you're past due. Hey, you're past due. Hey, you're past due. So I would call them and I would say, I'm not past due. Why are you texting me? Oh, uh, that's just the system. So finally I said, stop texting me. You no longer have permission to text me. Two weeks later. Hey, you're past due. Hey, you're past due. It made me trade my truck in. Honest to goodness. It, it, I, I was excited the day I traded my, my Toyota in so that I never had to get that text again. Mm -hmm. And the Audi's been fine. No the, issues on the Audi. Audi's been, and who's my, who, um, you first credit union has my, my loan on my Audi. I don't have an account with them. They simply ding my checking account. And what's so funny is month. that's my setup with my car, but I'm with America first. No checking account or anything with them, just loan. And they just take the money and I never hear from them. That's how it should be. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's I crazy. I have no idea. All right. Let's see what uh, you guys are saying here. Uh, Justin Sal says, me and my wife ran a small business together equally. And it was crazy how many times men talked over her or wouldn't talk to her and only wanted to talk to me. It's insane, dude. 
it's so frustrating. And, and literally I could apply for a credit card and he could apply for a credit card and they will give him a higher credit limit without basis. Same, you know, same. When we got our Amex card. Oh yeah. We got our Amex cards. Yeah. I got, uh, and it, I don't think it was a little bit. No, it was I, a lot. I think yeah, it was a lot when we got those first those yeah. first cards in Maui. Yeah. It was a lot more. A lot more. It's just BS. The, it's, and ugh. for the record, I don't even mind saying, you make more money than I make. Mrs. Monty makes, in base salary, Mrs. Monty makes except far more. When I was at Yelp, Mrs. Monty made far more than I made. Mm-hmm. Now, commission and all that, she was more qualified mm-hmm. than I was. But I got substan- substantially more credit than mm-hmm. she got. Yeah. Just as to, just to use your phraseology, because I have testicles. Like seriously. Yeah. It's crazy how, how that happens. Yeah. It is absolutely crazy. Eric and Raleigh says, Britt just needs to deepen her voice for these calls. Hi. <laughs> right. Well, <what's- laughs> Hello. Yes, my name is Britt. I am the primary loan holder. <laughs> uh- Hi, yes, I have testicles. Can I talk to your manager? Oh, my We're gosh. We're getting somewhere. Oh, oh, my gosh. It's so painful. Dude. <sighs> yeah. Neville 93 says, I had the same problem. Jeff Bevan, what's up, you beard freak? Jeff Bevan, by the way, has a great beard care uh, product line, by the way. He says, uh, it's not inflammatory, lady. It's a promise. I will sue you. That's exactly Yeah. Right. And that's what I said. I was like, you can take it as like inflammatory language. I'm just telling you now. I've done, and I said to her, this is on a recorded line, right? Yes. Well, we record phone calls for quality, yeah. Yeah. And I said to her, on a recorded line, if you ding my credit, I want you to know I've done everything you've asked me and more. This would not be my fault. You would be doing this in error, and I will sue you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she's like, well, can I put you on hold to review these documents? Please protect your testicles. Mm-hmm. Like ridiculous, it, it's it's dude. amazing. It is ridiculous. Uh, William says I had a similar thing uh, at Cypress Credit Union, and they were a whole lot cooler about it. This story is a nightmare. I also have America First, and now I'm worried about it. Hey, man. And the funny thing is, I've had the same insurance agent since I I originally lived in Utah. Like we've since, been with American Family for since ten 20, years. Yeah, yeah, ten almost. years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says they don't want to communicate, Tim. No, they don't. Yeah. No, no they, they don't. That's why you, they would send us a letter, and then we would go in and do what they asked us to do on the letter, and then they would text me because I said, text me to make sure that you know they give you that option to yep. confirm that they've received your yep. documents and you're okay. Get the text. All right, I'm okay. Then I get another letter. Yeah. I, and it's delayed by you know weeks. I, I and think it, I think what you what one of you two said yesterday is exactly right. And I can't remember who said it. It's just, they're counting on consumer incompetence to make money. Yeah. Yeah. They're counting on the fact that fees will be earned because we as consumers will not do our job and that they will make fees on. That's what overdraft fees are. That's what like all the, it's you not following through and doing your homework. And so when somebody does follow through and do their homework, it's a problem for them because they are not used to accountability. Because who's holding a credit union? Uh, America First is a massive credit union. It is a huge financial institution. Who's holding them accountable? The people who wait two hours to get a call back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. Okay, a couple more on this. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mari Moore says, is Donovan staying in Utah? 
Yeah, and I think he banks with America well, yeah, First Yeah, I was going to say, that really depends on the policy and the $1,300 yeah, charge. Yeah, and the going to force him you know, into first like, place basketball on. insurance. Yeah. Probably. You know. Yeah. Boyd Lake says, I've always banked with Wells Fargo. Never had a problem. Neither have we. We've, We've done... never had a problem. No. I know that they've gotten in trouble. I obviously did some bad stuff, but. Yeah. Uh, Rhett Smith says, uh, America First did the same thing to me and my wife. It's so frustrating. And, and like, seriously, for what they were saying was that we had a gap between April 7th and, and April 11th and April and they were going to charge us 1300 for just that period yeah. and and then the and year's the, policy the was the administration fees alone mm-hmm. uh, uh, like these forced place insurance policies are a scam yeah the administration fee alone was like 300 more dollars yeah. on top of that yeah. For them to charge you an exorbitant, and the other thing didn't didn't our insurance agent say like, "Wow, what kind of insurance are you getting?" Yeah, she was shocked when <laughs> like, I called because I was like, "I don't know what else to do. I literally don't know what else to do. I've uploaded document after document after document. I don't know what else to do." And she said, "No, that should they have everything. Go ahead and send them the previous yeah. six month policy so they can see mm-hmm. that it, that was also in there." But she was like, "That's wild. I've never heard it should not be that expensive." Yeah, <sighs> more bots, more the bots. bots. On fire they on they a want Tuesday. their they want their policy. Yeah, they want anyways. They're force place porn. Anyways, yeah. The, the moral <laughs> of the story <laughs> is: don't let them push you around. No. And call them on Where's their the BS. Italian? Yeah, don't let you, they, and I wouldn't say it because I think it ends conversations, but they do work for you. They work for you. We don't work for them. Anyway, Eric and Raleigh says, I wonder how much kickbacks to America first. I do. Oh, they get Have money. to, have to, right? Yes. Have to. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeff Bevan says, overwhelm, overpressure, cause fear. That is what sharks like these are doing. Yeah, that's exact. They're trying to overwhelm consumers who can't defend themselves. Yeah. That that's what it is. I mean, Eric and Raleigh says they're counting on consumers not to have time and energy to do their due diligence. Yes. Yeah. Rhett Smith, I also worked at America First and they run their business so different than other credit unions. Oh, yeah. And I and I don't think they're bad at their job. I don't no, think they're, they're bad quite at their job. Very good at their job, clearly. I, they are a financial institution. I wonder how much kickback. Yeah, Eric, I, I agree. Talking with Raphael Podcast says send the bots to AF. Yeah, AFCU America first. Yeah, we'll send them right over. Hey, if you guys could go porn over at the credit union, that'd be great. Thanks. Uh, Richard McDonald said, uh, women do get a rough deal. When I was in the Army, women in leadership rules would routinely force insubordination that men in their roles would not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fat Jesus says, Mrs. Monty talking about her gap brought on all the bots. Must so have been. It's your fault. It is. It's totally my fault. Yeah. It's because I said testicles. I bet you that's what they heard. Yeah, yep. probably. Eric and, and Raleigh. Like, whoop, whoop. Eric and Raleigh says, in a deep voice, say goodbye, Miss. <laughs> 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 Top Junkie says, cars and appliances are now made to last two to four years. Everything is garbage and banks are untouchable. Here come the bots. Yeah, well, that's probably true, too. Pretty much. So, you know what tomorrow is? What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is thumb in the butt day. No. <sighs> Yeah, and that's going to get more bots. That is good. Damn it. <laughs> Come on. Why did you do it? <laughs> it is. Tomorrow is my annual physical. Um, once a year, I get a physical, usually in August. This is and, a board. Um, It actually isn't thumb in the butt day because they, they don't, like, at least my doctor doesn't, you know, like, that's, 
that's not his that's not his you know rectus maximus operandi thing um <coughs> but i can tell you the one conversation you know what's going to come up tomorrow after he says hey fat ass how are you hey I'm fat ass he's, how are you <laughs> he's <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be like saw dude when are we scheduling that colonoscopy dude <laughs> yay good to see you too doc uh you know that's going to be the conversation and this year i'm not going to avoid it i dodged it last year this year i need to get it done because one i am 40 something pounds lighter than i was last year um i think i am and i don't know you you guys can be the the judge of it i think i'm in significantly better shape yeah than i was a year ago i would agree mm -hmm. there's no reason not to do it there is no reason not to do it and, you know, like five years ago, I, I like I was dealing with this weird like spasm in my side and I went and saw, thankfully, the foremost, um, what, what do you call it? GI doctor, gastrointestinal doctor in Arizona at, at um, the Mayo Clinic. Yeah. And the guy like we did, we went and did this like ultrasound and, you know, this dude was just like, hey, man, if you <laughs> and he, you know, what I appreciate about that doctor. He was like the curse at his patient doctor. And he was like, hey, if you're taking a poop, if you're taking an SHIT yeah. and it's black as my shoe, call me. Until then, you're fine. Get out of here. Like he was, the guy was literally like, hey, he was asking me, are you, it, <laughs> he's like, hey, do you crap every day? That's what he said to me. He's like, do you crap every day? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> It was like this really fun guy conversation that was really awkward. He's like, hey, do you crap every day? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, how's that going? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's going fine. Cause I'm like, a, I'm a, I'm a Redwood guy. Like I put him out. I'm a Redwood and guy. So I told the guy like, it's really good. Like I, I'm pretty regular every morning around 10 o'clock. I'm putting out a Redwood, right? <laughs> and I remember telling him, yo, it's great. I, I have no problem with that. He's like, well, what, what is it? What happens with this pain? I'm like, well, if I get really full from food or he goes, it's a spasm. It's a spasm in your upper colon. I wouldn't worry about it. If you crap and it's, you know, pitch black, look at my shoe. Hey, look at my shoe. And like, a, like look we, at my hey, shoe. Hey, look at my shoe. I've got testicles. I will break um, out the forced insurance policy. But he like, yeah, he like <laughs> raised his foot. Look at my shoe. If it's black like my shoe, call me. Until then, you're good. And okay, I, was like, man. I was like, okay, cool. And I haven't had any problems with it since. Screw you, Filiberto's in Long in, Yeah. In, you remember that? Yes. Oh, my God. So Jake and I, um, Jake goes to work at Yelp a month before I do. You know. So we were managing some Airbnbs at that time. And one of the, the houses, the cleaning lady couldn't clean it. So I had to go up to Scottsdale and clean this house. And I wasn't there because I had started Yelp. I went to Filiberto's, got a breakfast burrito, and then went up to the house. I ate half of the breakfast burrito. Mm. And I knew right away I was in trouble. Like, it was terrible. I threw up all over that bathroom. Final. Like, <laughs> and I felt miserable. And that's when that pain started. Yeah. And it was a good probably six, seven, eight months that I dealt with that. And I get it occasionally. All of this to say, I'm going to get a colonoscopy this year. Yeah. I'm going to be 50 in February. There's like no reason not to. Yeah. When it, Mrs. Monty, you have one scheduled. Me too. When are you getting that? <laughs> Thanks for talking about that. When are you getting your ass roto rooter? 
in October. And it's very yeah. powerful. I have my, the, you know, I have my, uh, my annual is next week, which um, my family and my blood, we make cholesterol. We make cholesterol in an abundant way. Uh, so it doesn't matter what I do. I have to work out in order to not have high cholesterol. And I also don't eat cholesterol. In, but in order but to I want to say while we're talking about that, you have done incredible work. Like you have the last six months, you have worked out every single day, essentially. You're on this incredible streak with Peloton, the tread and the bike. And I mean, you're seeing, I mean, you've got to be thrilled. You're seeing incredible results. Yeah, yeah, I see really good results. And I have this time, I've done it different than any time I've done it before because I have dieted and worked out to lose weight. And this time I was like, I'm doing it for my health and it's going to be slow and long, but it'll be the right way. I'll see the differences. So I have 65 weeks consecutive of working out and I work out now. I, um, I wanted, I made a goal of 30 days of closing all the rings of my watch, which just means I have to burn the right amount of calories. I have to stand. Um, I have to move, you know, work out a certain number of minutes. Yeah. And now I'm like up to, up to 40 days in a row of hitting all of those, but I see the difference and I'm not even having to count my calories. I don't count calories anymore because I did that before. I did that where I calorie restricted to 1200 calories a day so I could lose weight. So I could be a certain weight. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to be healthy. I want my blood work to be right. So I'm doing all the work to work out, but it's hard. Like, you know, I didn't feel like working out today. I almost felt like I was dying. Well, good for you, by the way. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, thumbs, where the hell are you going for primary care, Monty? I don't know. I don't get that one. Hey, man, I'm going to the fat thumbs. I'm going to the fat thumb factory. Uh, BB says, uh, clean thoughts, but glands. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Mari Moore says, why are we chatting insurance when there's stuff around sports to talk about? Because it's the last 30 minutes. Yeah, Mari, Mari, we appreciate you being here. But this is, we do this every day if you're new to the show. Um, And all 164 of you here right now, please give us a thumbs up. That really helps the, it really helps the show grow. Please give us a, hey, watch where you're pointing that thumb, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, the point is, um, give us a thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. About the last 35 minutes of the show, we do non-sports. So we either do usually something food related um, or what's going on in our lives or that's generally what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard McDonald says, God damn my fat thumbs. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Kurt Myers says, get her done. By the way, in the comments, if you've had a colonoscopy, how bad is it? Like I, I have real. So phobia. what are the what are the rules around it? So you can't eat, is that right? Well, yeah. Or what's the setup? Hopefully, there's not a Roto Rooter van in front of the hospital when you pull up. <laughs> um, but you can eat for 12 hours. You have to drink. I from what my doctor told me last time, you have to drink a potion of death. Yeah. That makes you just like crap yourself, oh. so that you're you're all cleaned out and there's no redwoods up there. Damn. So you're you're completely emptied out, and basically they stick a camera up your butt, and they go and look for issues. They look for you know lesions or growths in your intestinal tract or colon, basically your colon. And what most people do is they also do a camera into your small and large intestine to make sure there are no blockages. And if the if the blockages or the growths or whatever are minor, they're going to use a roto rooter tool to cut them out. They're going to use a, uh, an object that will 
cut those out. Damn, bro. So yeah, so but it's something now. They're they're talking about making the recommendation thirty five and up because we take in so many carcinogens in our food that they're finding that the 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 risk of colon cancer now is pushing lower and lower in age. So that's it used to be fifty to fifty two, and now they're at forty five and above. And they're, they're talking about they're talking about going down to thirty five because okay. it's becoming such a problem. So that's how it's going to be. And by the way, colon cancer is not one you want. No, it's not it's one not. you want. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says this is the non sports portion portion of the program. Thank you. Thank you. Mari Moore says okay. Thank you. Uh, Richard McDonald says I like the non sports program. I enjoy talk radio and most of the local radio in Utah is trash. Love the Monty Show. Oh, Richard, thank you. Appreciate yeah. you, bro. I appreciate that. Mari Moore says I think all insurance has their flaws and weaknesses. There's no perfect insurance. And yeah, but insurance is one of those things you don't like until you need it. But that's different. What happened with the credit union? That's that's some different stuff. Force place like, insurance that's, is that's predatory, dude. I think it Come is on. predatory. Come on, I think force place insurance, especially for that amount. But it, but it covers the loss. The expense of it is predatory. I understand why the banks and credit unions do it. Yeah. If you total your car and you don't have insurance, they're out a hundo P. Like, yeah. so I totally am. We're talking about a $50,000 loan, man. Like, it's not a small amount of money. Yeah. Eric and Raleigh says, when you get your colonoscopy, you also get an endoscopy. Check the intestines. Yeah, it's exactly right. Exactly right. Did you guys quit Yelp? We did actually quit Yelp yes, a week we ago. Did. This is our full-time gig now. So please, call Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. <laughs> yeah, go and buy some seasoning, will you? Yeah, I mean, that really makes a difference for those, again, for those of you who've been new to the show. Generally, um, it is, as you listen to this, as we record this, it's 9.17 Mountain Time in the morning. Generally, we'd be working at Yelp already. And Jake and I were both top-producing salespeople at Yelp. Uh, but the podcast has grown to the point where it's not a podcast anymore. Yeah, I mean, it grew into this huge show that we do every day now, and we're we're you know monetizing, and I mean, we have sponsors like the good guys at Barbecue Pit Stop and Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage, and we really need you guys to to support our sponsors on this show because that's what make the world go round. You know, if it, and I say in all I say tongue in cheek, but in all seriousness, if you need a mortgage, please call Debra Davis. He's a great mortgage guy, but he also supports the show. Uh, so call them today at 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278545, 801-543-9666. Heck, if nothing else, just call them and say thanks for supporting the Monty Show. Uh, we appreciate more bots. Are you serious? There's more bots. God damn it. Damn these bots. I don't think there is actually more bots. I could be Yes, wrong. there is right there. Where? It updated. Oh, it updated. It updated. See, that tells you that we're doing we're doing some damage. Yeah, they're 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 paying attention now. Every you know? day now, it is just waves of bots. It's so painful sometimes. And I go and report. I them do wish and... that YouTube would do something about that. You know, yeah, it's like, tough to. Do I don't know what what you would do, but yeah. I think it's yeah. tough to do something. Uh, anyway. Kurt Meyer says my way my life was saved at thirty five by having a colonoscopy. Oh wow. Wow. Exactly right. Eric says, YouTube video idea, live stream the colonoscopy. Nah, no, I'm fine. No. <laughs> wow. What was that movie with, um? oh my God, the comedian. Uh, it was just a few years ago and he was the Jewish, like he did the jewelry for celebrities. He made really big. Do you remember? It's a movie. And at the beginning of it, he was having- Adam a, Sandler. Adam Sandler's movie. <sighs> it was a horrible movie. The one where he was a gambler. 
Uh, the one where he was the, the gambling degenerate, right? He was a degenerate. I just can't remember why. I don't know. It was a terrible movie. I hated it. But at the beginning, it was a, he was in a colonoscopy. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mari Moore says, I got referred to this channel from a friend because I heard this talk sports show is reliable, unlike some other sports talk shows. Oh, Mari, we appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. We really work hard to be credible on this show. We're not... Uh... And by the way, if you want to talk, if you're here, Mari, if you're here for the jazz... Um, I mean, if you go to our channel, you'll see, like, yesterday we talked a ton of Donovan Mitchell. Like, And we upload the conversations, too, after the show, the yeah, individual we cut conversations. Them. So, yeah, we cut them for you. You know, if you don't want to go back in the show, just wait. I mean, give it 30 minutes after we stop the show, and you'll see them. They'll be there. BB says, I reported all them damn bots. Yep, and I remove them from the channel as well, so I appreciate you doing that. Fat Jesus says, colonoscopy is no big deal, but you will feel like you are urinating out your butt the day before. Yeah, Dude. seriously. Oh, is that so? So the potion thing that you were saying, the thing that you have yeah. to drink, you take that a day before? Yeah, you take that you the day before. Like, clear. Damn. You have to clear it out. You Bro. have to you have to clear it out. Um I'm not looking forward to that. That is are no. You, are you I'm trying to like you're a little dark today for whatever reason, but it's fine. Um, I'm a little dark every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> If Woman you look in my soul. <laughs> yeah, there is no soul. Uh, I live in California, but I still appreciate you and your show. Thanks, uh, SDSU Aztec 21. We have a lot of California listeners. We do. do Wayne we do. Boone. It's one of our we bigger do. markets. We do have yeah. a lot of California listeners. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, your friend did say a solid, Mari. Uh, did you a solid, Mari? Oh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, absolutely right. Uncut Gems, Giggity said yes. Uh, a couple more. Monty Jeff Ben says, I am a multiple colonoscopy survivor. The procedure itself is no big deal. The fasting and prep potion before you hand, uh, beforehand is the hard part. Don't be 10 feet away from the bathroom during prep. Oh, man, really? Is it really that rigorous? Well, now, the you know, the other issue with colonoscopies is it's like a six-month wait. It is really difficult. I'm at the U. I'm a U health person. Um it's like a six-month wait to get in there. Or longer. Ah, Mine yeah. was originally scheduled. So last year in August, I went to my doctor. He said, hey, you need to schedule one. So I, at the first appointment I could get was January. And like the week before, I get a call, and they're like, hey, that doctor is no longer with us anymore, so we're going to re need to reschedule you. Oh, so man, I'd be pissed. they rescheduled me for like May or June. I can't remember. Anyways, and I had a business trip, so I had to try and, and change it again. And it was October was the next available. And I was yeah. like, all right, fine, fine. So Mari says, I'm only 19, but that doesn't mean I don't know what you guys are talking about. Just confused. No, Mari, you're I no, mean, dude, it's you're, you're good, man. Like, I, where I mean, are you, you from? Know, you were looking yeah. for sports and we we're talking about butts. It's yeah. fine. Thumbs in the butt. Yeah. Uh, Mari says, <laughs> I already love this show. <laughs> okay, I figured out figured that out. Sorry, I feel stupid now. No, you no, you're good. No, you're no, good. No, 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 no. no. It ain't gotta no. be like that, bro. The one thing you're gonna see is that we're not um we're very judgment, not non-judgmental here. Like you're never <laughs> careful, careful, okay? <laughs> Chill out. Chill out. We're uh, you know, we're very non-judgmental, but we welcome everyone. Yeah. Uh Sam B says also a California listener here. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. Um, Big Dog O-Town says, just the opposite for me. I've had all my money issues with banks, been with Golden West Credit Union over 20 years. Minimal Golden issue. West Golden Credit West Credit, Credit Union. Union. Wow. Aww. How about that? Mari Moore. <laughs> yeah, also says, I watched my mom do colonoscopies and it looks miserable and constantly running to the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously it's just a necessary thing we as people have to do, but I just can't imagine. I mean, getting a comment that says, don't be more than 10 feet from the bathroom. Jeff Jesus, Bevin. dude. Jeff Bevan says, Jake, the prep is no joke. It's a legit clean out. Yeah, man. I, oh. man. Yay. Eric and Riley says, colonoscopy by urgent care. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> Big Dog O Town says, "How do you detect bots? Uh, you don't. They come on your channel and then you you yeah, hide them. Yeah, they're just in the comments. I have, as an administrator, I have the ability to hide a user from the channel, so I hide it and then I click it again and it says report. I click yeah. report. It says pornography. I click pornography. Yeah, and they never show up again. So Mari Morris says uh, they have to figure out an easier way for colonoscopies so we don't have to crap ourselves seriously. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I just think there's not a more. Th I mean, that's about as thorough as you could get, right? Never I mean, there's trust not a, a more fart. comprehensive. Yeah, dude. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Why do you bring that up? I've had bad experiences recently, dude. I'm telling you that running cat. Well, runs uh, the wrong way. Yeah, that's. Uh, that <laughs> All right, now we're divulging. Fire butt, bro. Absolute <laughs> fire butt. That that whole sit that food poisoning situation in California was Yeah, thank you. You did that song. Play the other song because we gotta go. Um, you guys appreciate you being here. Um, if you need a mortgage, if you need a smoker, support our sponsors. Uh, we really appreciate that. Barbecue pit stop, barbecue pit stop, bbqpitstop.com, Logan, Lehigh, Layton, Murray, and St. George. There's an enter to win box on every counter at Barbecue Pit Stop. Go in there, fill it out, drop it in the box. You could win a trip for two to see BYU and Notre Dame October 7th and 8th in Las Vegas. It's all brought to you by our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. If you need a mortgage, if you want to refi, if you don't think you can afford a house, call Devery. I guarantee you he has a program for you. 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278 545 The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk radio. Until tomorrow, use a deep voice and say goodbye. This is Mr. Montemere. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>